choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to 100, nigga, real quick. All right, what's up, y'all? This is Suave at Sincerely Suave. This is Kells at KMGZ. And here we are with episode 13 of Thanks for Asking. We'll name it later. No doubt. All right. So as y'all probably know by now, if you've been listening, our first uh, section is is yours and negritude. And I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna give a little preclaimer right now. I, I I predict this will be to get the kells up out the paint ep- episode of Thanks for Asking because I have extremely unpopular opinions on on uh, many of the topics uh, that we're gonna be discussing today, but. You know, I thought about it. I slept on it because yesterday I was like, you know what? I'm how, maybe I just let Suave say her thing and I just not comment. You know, like you tell you, if you don't got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. But I was like, nah, I really feel strongly about what I got to say. So, just I'm sure people. you're not the only one though. It seemed like it, but we'll see. It just seems like you know, so people are scared to say what they want to say. We'll we'll see. Um, but it's a lot of angles to it, so hopefully I, I hit them all. I should be writing. I should take notes and write down things I want to say because I, I forget things sometimes, but whatever. We'll, we'll go with it. So, go ahead. So, so, so yours in negritude, and, and you go ahead and hit it up. All right. So, um, my yours in negritude for this week has to go out to uh, J. Cole, to Jermaine Cole. Yes, sir. Because he, um, I guess he was speaking, the young lady's name was Sierra, young lady by the name of Sierra Bosarge. I f- forgive me, sweetheart, if I mispronounce your name, but. Sweetheart, um, sweetheart, she, you smooth, bruh. <laughs> he, uh, he, she reached out to him in 2013 and was just like, yo, you know, uh, you know, to the effect of like, you know, and he was like, keep up with your grades or whatever and I'll be there. So I guess they kept in contact, and he uh, he showed up at her high school graduation. He kept his word. Um, so I get I have utmost respect for that, and I've been I've been rocking with J Cole hard, so but especially in this in this in the recent year, this guy has really stepped up to the plate, and I gotta give it up to him. And he's only half a Negro. And listen, I was about to say J Cole puts on for the light skins. We've been taking some L's in 2014, but he's one of our shining beacons of light. And I also have it. You know how long I've been rocking since J Cole? Um, Bring me down with him with John on Kanye. Is it Kanye? What album is that on? It's 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 J. It's Yay. It's uh the one on. with um with Crit in them. No, hold on. Wait, that was called like Monster or something. No, no, no. It's, it, it was whose album was it on? Let's see. J. Cole, uh, Kanye, Jay, Jay Z. I think it's called Hold Me Down. Somebody out there know what I'm talking about. Hold Me Down, Bring Me Down. I be, I swear to God, I be knowing this shit all the way up until the time to say what I need to know, and then I, and then I forget. Uh, I will never ever. Let, let me down. That's what it is. Wait, is uh, is that it? No, that was Jay Ivy. What was Jay Cole on? Hold on. Ah, I don't know. It was some. It old... Was Kendrick on it too? No, Kendrick ain't even nine. No. Uh, 
there's a there's a real hype record that it was a bunch of them on and he was on it, but maybe I was maybe that's it. I I used to rock to it at the gym and I'm just drawing blanks now. Since I got this new iPhone, some of my music it didn't migrate over. Anyway, I've been rocking with J Cole since let's I'll do a year, so this is 2015, like 07, 08. I, that's how long I've been I've been following him. Now when his first album came, I was real real excited. I, I yeah, him. I've been on him. Um, shout out to my boy Charles. He put me on him um, with with lights, please, because he let me know that was the song that that got him in with Jay. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been I've been with Cole for a minute, and I'm I, I love Cole. I know people say he's he's boring, but that dude is really he's about, not boring to me. What makes him boring? I don't know. I I don't see that argument. Like only every, thing you- every single song he puts out, it makes. Like, it got me thinking, I gotta listen to it two or three times to catch everything he's talking about. The only thing that um, I did say, oh, maybe this is what they mean by Born. So, Born Center, I liked that album, but I, when I was listening to it, I was like, I wish I wish he would have had more producers in that album, because it was like, the beat, I, the beat kind of was the same, kind of like what I say about Drake sometimes, where it's like, you know, it's, it's I want to, I don't want the same, like, slow, kind of, the same kind of beat on each track, you know what I mean, I guess he was going for continuity or whatever, but sometimes I like you to switch it up, so Born Center, that's the only thing I said, it was like all, which, don't get me wrong, this is not a diss at all, because Tribe Called Quest, I think is, my personal opinion, is the greatest rap duo of all time, I know y'all like, my opinion is Tribe Called Quest, and they used to do that, but they would still flip it up, they'll have some downbeats, but then they'll have some upbeats, and I just feel like on on Born Center, I wish he would have had just like, maybe two, three more songs that was not in that same mellow type of beat. So maybe that's what people mean by him being born. I don't know. I don't think the cat is born, but his new so Forest Hills, Forest Hills Drive is what I was looking for. You know what I mean? He got the up tempo, he got the pops, he got the straight hip hop. It, it switches up, and I feel like Born Center was kind of one note as far as production goes. I wish he would have had a little bit of of variety in his production. Yeah, I hear you. I guess it's unpopular opinion for me because I prefer Born Center to to Forest Hills Drive. Oh, you do. It, yeah, I do. Me personally, I guess when it came out at the time, like the, the darkness of that album was something that I was able to connect to because, like, I was going through the, the height of my shit like yeah. at that time. So it's like for me, I just really related. Like that's that the summer that that album came out, like that album helped me get through that summer. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I'm talking shit right here, but I feel like I will, I might be a good A and R because I feel like my ear tends to bend um, commercial. Like, cause a lot of a lot of the stuff y'all like, like the, the Kendrick album, I hated that Kendrick album. Like, but not that I don't appreciate it, but like I'm always like, mm, I, I just always bend toward no. You need something that's gonna bang in the club. You need something that's gonna play on the radio. I guess I sound like one of them whack ass record execs, but I do. I always tend, I tend to lean towards like that popular sound. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe because I grew up in the '80s when pop was, you know, everything. That's just what I listen for. I don't know, but. I feel that's that's probably why I do I do like Forest Hill Drive better because I just feel like it played better. He had way more signals on that on the radio, and it just you know it had that little pop tint, and I, I just liked it you know a, a lot. And I like J Cole a lot, and you know like I said we we struggling light skins out here struggling. And every time we we get we get somewhere here, come Chris Brown to slap us the fuck back down because you know somewhere along the way I guess he became the bar- the standard holder for the light skins, but um. You know, so I, I like Cole. I like Cole a lot, and I actually this is this might be a controversial statement. I do like Kendrick, and I would have said I, I actually like J Cole better than Kendrick. And this album that he put out, "The Pimp a Butterfly," that y'all raved about, that I just did not like. 
kind of cemented that for me because I, you know, and I, I mean, I still like Kendrick and, and I've heard him say, you know, hopefully he'll come back again. But, you know, I really like Good Kid, Mad City. I really like the vibe. I really like the feel. I like that West Coast, you know, took us back to the 90s and he flipped it with some D'Angelo hotel shit and I just was not with it. I like that album because it was so funky, but it's it's not something that I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I obsessed over it to the extent that a lot of people. Do. I don't think nobody did, and I ain't heard it on the radio. And everybody was trying to convince uh, everybody that we was missing it. I'm like, well, if we missing this, a lot of people missing it because I ain't listened to that shit since it came out. Yeah, I do think it was a great album, and I think Forest Drive, Forest Hills Drive, was a great, a great fucking album. I just happen to like Born Center better. Um, but I like, I like, I specifically like Forest Hills Drive because of the like the slave narratives and like all the yeah. hymns that he used and yeah. like the old. You know what yeah. I mean? I was just like, man, this is cool. Well, he's a smart cat. You know, he graduated St. John's with like honors, like like two yeah. four GPA. So he he's an educated, smart cat, and I think you can yeah, tell. Yeah, smart as fuck. Yeah. All right. So, so you got another one? Another yours and every two? That was your only one. Yeah, that's the only one I got. So then my yours and every two, and and this is a. This is a very special yours and ever two because anybody who followed me on Twitter, y'all can tell I tweeted this last week in regard to the Confederate flag. I was like, man, fuck that flag, fuck these laws, fuck this. We gonna discuss it. I was like, some I'm waiting for some Negro to get a ladder and climb up that flagpole and snatch that motherfucking Confederate flag down by hand. And goddamn, if Brie Newson didn't see my bat signal that I flew into the sky, and her, and she got her goddamn, yes, she got her goddamn climbing gear, and climbed that motherfucking pole, and took that motherfucking flag down, and shout out to her, because she did that shit super polite, put that shit on her back, bought it down here. I would have took that shit off the pole and just threw that shit, chucked that shit, and let, you know, the wind take it wherever it was gonna take it. And that shit was like that, yo. I, that shit made my chest swell. I was like, yes, ma, get that shit. I said, fuck, fuck this. This is what is we doing here? We gotta have a discussion about whether or not we gonna pull down this fucking symbol of racism and hate. Fuck you. It ain't, it ain't that complicated. You know what? Take the shit down. There ain't no country. The Confederate flag is a symbol of what? That ain't no country that ever existed. It ain't no. What the fuck is it? Why? Why we got to give it all this reverence and have it flying? It ain't shit. Take that shit down. This is the United States of America. Our flag is the stars and stripes. It's the only one you need to see flying. You don't. When the president gets up there and he has all the flags of the military and, and all the um flags that are required, you don't see no motherfucking Confederate flag because that shit ain't shit. So shout out to you, Breedersome. And, 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 yo, you made me so proud that day, because you scaled that shit like a Marine, man. You just went up on one foot. You had the thing attached me to the rope, to the pole for safety. No issues with that. And shout out to that white man who helped you, too, that stood down there with that vest and that hard hat on, probably because, you know, just, just so y'all would look official, because, you know, oh, well, that's a white guy, and, you know, clearly... He's probably, you know, they're probably doing something official, so nobody fucked with y'all. And I'm sure that was planned because he could have just been down there regular, but he put that shit on to say y'all can get the jig going. And 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 man, y'all yeah. warm my Shout heart, out man. To Shout out to y'all. That shit be. I was like, yes, and I got that picture saved in my phone because that shit is iconic. Thank you. Yeah, that was dope. Shout out to you, yours and never two. Yeah, Bree, man, you really. The highlight of my life. That was so dope. That was so dope. And shout out to black women, man. You know, because like we said before, I kind of stay out a lot of this shit because, you know, everybody want to, oh, they shoot black men. And, you know, these men, don't get me wrong. I know it's a lot of y'all out here doing good work, d and all them, you know, whatever. That nigga's still blocked on Twitter, but, okay, you know, he's still, he's still fighting a good fight. So, you know, I respect, respect, respect. But 
Yo, it's the women that's out here, man. It's the women that's out here confronting these police and doing all this shit. And it's time for you hope tep niggas to just sit the fuck down, get the fuck out the way, and let these women that's been raising y'all and brushing y'all little nappy ass hair and, and cleaning y'all little dirty ass drawers and fucking we they love to say, Oh, a, a woman can't raise a man, only a man can raise a man. That's bullshit. Black women have been raising men for centuries and will continue to raise men for centuries. So y'all can get the fuck out of here with that bullshit too. And you know, like yo, women, black women are raising the the manliest of the men. Thank you. So that's some that's some misogynistic fucking street nigga bullshit. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Shout out to these black women because they out here. They are not afraid. They are unbothered, and and they not taking no bullshit. And if and if a lot of these preachers and fake hotep want to be all up in the camera, niggas would get out the way. Shit would get done a lot faster. Just like Bree went up and snatched that flag down. Like somebody on Twitter. Tweeted, um, fuck it, I'll do it, and and in quotes, and then put black women, <laughs> and I was like, yes, that's so real. Like, yo, what is all this talking we doing? Get the fuck out the way. Let me, I get the flag. Move, nigga. Yeah, yes. I saw that, and I, I agree with that, man. Honestly, the times are changing, and these niggas just need to get the fuck about. They the need way. the fuck out the way. They ain't about shit. They they got all these egos, and I don't even know. I don't know who raised y'all. I don't know who y'all think y'all is, but y'all ain't. You want to see courage? That was courage. That chick said, you know what, I'm, what is this bullshit? Y'all standing around here looking dumb as shit, all up in the cameras. Guess what? Snatch, down, now what? And I got bail, and if I don't, I'll still sit in jail. This ain't shit but a misdemeanor. Fuck y'all. God, that, man, that was the dopest shit. Of that. She she might get the Negro of the Year award for that shit. You, you, we gonna nominate her. We gonna nominate her for sure. She got it easily. Yeah. Alright, so... Moving on to current events. And uh, did you write that? I, I, t- I texted to you, but I, I, I can't recall what, what um, you said. We got... Hold on. Um, okay, so the, the flag. Mm-hmm. Um, the escapee. Okay. Killed. So I feel like we just kind of covered the flag. We could say it again. You know, um, sh- shout out. That was dope. Um, so... The New York escapee, so it's interesting because I, when it first happened, because usually, and you know, anybody's been following this, I'm not telling y'all nothing y'all don't know, but usually when people escape from prison, they find them rather, you know, relatively quickly, usually like within 24 hours, because they don't, you know, they don't get far. I think they said 24, 48, they usually, they usually get them. These cats been on the run for like almost two weeks now, right? Yeah, I believe. So it seems like, so they finally had a sighting of them, um, so there's these, like, all these hunting cabins, like, scattered across, like, upstate, upstate New York, sort of near the Canadian border, but not, like, super close, and apparently that's where they, you know, they made their way there, because, you know, we all know the prison guard was supposed to drive them off somewhere, but she flaked out, so they had to, um, improvise, and so, and clearly, clearly more guards were involved, well, I don't know, though, because, because I was like, it could have just been a thing where the guards was just talking about their hunting cabins. Yeah, we go up to the hunting, and, and you know, they could have just, the prisoners could have just been slick with it, asked them little questions. Oh, yeah, where the cabins at? Oh, oh, up, up, by, up by so-and-so? Oh, that's where y'all be at? Where what they got there? So they could have yeah, just... Yeah, I think that's a stretch, though. I think, you think? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, because... I'm not as... I'm not as in the system to believe that some more people were in on it. No, no, no. I think some more people were in on it. Had to be. Well, we already know because they arrested another guard because they said they, they snuck the files in the jail and the meat. But I was like, man, because the article implied that a lot of these guards stayed at this council. So I was like, you either got to believe that it was a whole bunch of guards in on helping these prison people escape. And for what? Like, they not paying them. The chick, okay, he, she was a nut and they was born to her. So we see her. But now if you want to have male guards going along with it, like, what's their incentive? Like, I, I just don't see... 
I don't see it. They're not getting no cash. Like, what, what was going to be their incentive? So I wouldn't be surprised if it was more. Because these guys are smart. I mean, they was in jail for life. So they got time to plan this shit. And clearly they planned it. So they might have been like, you know, because they said they were in the honor. They were in the honor um end of the prison where you get a little bit more freedom you get a little bit more interaction with the guards so I wouldn't be surprised if they slick finessed it like you know heard the guards talking about going hunting oh yeah where y'all go hunting at oh you know they got these cabins up in the wood oh yeah where by by you know I don't know buffalo just just making that up yeah there's a whole bunch of them they fully stopped you know what I mean they might have took that information and made that as part of their plan because I just can't see several guards particularly the male guards just all um in cahoots to help these two dudes escape for what? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm sure details will follow, particularly if they catch this other dude, but I, I just don't see it. Um, yeah, that's it. I just, that's that's the only piece that I haven't been able to put together what the motive would have been. I mean, they could have promised him cash, but I think the, the one that they killed is the one that's escaped before, right? See, I don't know, because that's what I thought. So I thought, so it's a blonde one, and it's the big, like, burly-looking one. And as of Friday, everybody said it was the burly-looking one that they shot and killed. But I think on Melissa Harris-Perry today, they said that it was the other one, the blonde one that they shot and killed. So I'm confused now, but I don't know. I think it was the big burly one that they shot and killed. Because supposedly, he tried to hijack a camper... And, you know, because they were in the area looking for them because they found their DNA in the cabin and all that. So they knew they were in the area. And they said they heard the gunshot when he shot try to shoot the camper. And they said the dude that was driving the camper, he heard the shot too, but he thought it was a backfire because he got a flat. He pulled over, like, I guess a quarter mile or whatever up the road and noticed a, um, a, a shot in his, in his trailer. And because the police heard that shot, they, they keyed in on him. He took off running. They said he had the shotgun, and, you know, he declined to turn himself in peacefully, so they shot him dead. So the other one is still on the run. But, you know, it's just, I thought they was gone. I thought they was gone. Because I'm like, nigga, I mean, upstate New York, it's big, but y'all got dogs, and they've been going, y'all, you know what I mean? Y'all, y'all don't know where they at. They could have used old, because originally, and this may be me doing the most, I thought maybe they used old girl for a decoy. I was like, you know what? They probably used her for a decoy. They probably told her, yeah, this is the plan. You're going to pick us up. And they had a whole nother plan. And maybe somebody else picked them up. And they just long gone now. But I guess I guess when old girl didn't show up, it kind of fucked their plan up. So they had to improvise. So they went to them cabins. And I guess that's how they haven't been able to find them so long. Because I, I just was like, yo, I can't believe these dudes is moving around in upstate New York. They got choppers. They got dogs. They got everything. And they can't find them. I'm like, they long gone. But I guess they was holed up in their cabin. So that's why... You know, they, well, they wasn't able to find. It could have been a decoy, and then it could have been they were supposed to go to these cabins. I don't know. The whole shit is suspect. But I know, is it the burly dude? He seems to be the, the smarter of the operation. So if he's dead now, then I don't know. Uh, that's he escaped one. before. Okay, so maybe. I don't know. But that's the one that I think that they shot, and the other one is on the run. But I'm surprised they got that far. I mean, it was 30 miles east. That's far. 30 miles on foot. That ain't that ain't no small thing. So I don't know. But, but, but they probably... Because they spotted them, like, I think the first week they were gone, somebody said they saw them in the yard. They spotted them in the yard, and they said, hey, they took off running, and they called and was like, oh, we think we saw the dudes. So if he tried to hijack, he tried to carjack that camper, we're going to assume he, they might have, like, got some stolen cars, or they probably got a ride. Like, I don't see them walking at 30 miles. I mean, I guess you can, but, you know, that's that's a hike. You through the woods and shit, that's, that's a long way to go. So, but, yeah. But so, I guess, in, I mean, in two weeks, that ain't, that's... About right. No, I mean two weeks walking straight, yeah. But two weeks when you trying to avoid police and dogs yeah, and everybody looking for you, you know, like I, that's a long way to get. So, 
I'm sure they probably might have had some some cars or, or something. But um, they still he's still out there though. So you know, I, I mean, I'm sure they, they kind of know where he's at now. So I really doubt he's gonna be able to skate. He's not gonna be able to skate across the border. He's not gonna be able, you know. So I'm sure they'll get him eventually. But you know, they've been out there. It's kind of amazing. Uh, I, I'm. I mean, of course they're white. <laughs> right. Those niggas would have been caught. He already was in in jail for twenty five to life. You done escaped and kill, so you know when you go back, they put you under the jail. So I, you know, he's fuck it. I go go to hell. Where you know, I ain't going back. So I, you know, I could dig it. So that well, was, I guess. yeah, that was that current event. So then, so then you know we had. I'm gonna let you start because again, my opinion is extremely unpopular. So we had the um. You said you didn't watch it, but you know that the funeral occurred. So they had the funeral for the um. And I thought, for some reason, I had the people mixed up because the, the, the pastor of the church, his name Clemente, I thought that was a woman, but it I wasn't. It wasn't. It was a man. So that's who, um, you know, President Obama. This was this Thursday, Friday. I can't remember what day it was. I think it was maybe Thursday. Had the funeral and gave his eulogy, and you know, Twitter, Black Twitter, went up and lost their minds. And um, you know, I, I too. Well, I didn't. I didn't see the whole thing. I watched the whole thing later, but I saw y'all tweeting about it, and somebody, tw- you know, happened to tweet the link. Cause th- where we at, man? They be hating. They block a lot of sites. So some of the sites I couldn't get. I couldn't get the link to work through. I had to end up on like the NBC or one of the basic links that they don't block. And when I happened to click in, it was right at the part where he was doing Amazing Grace. So, you know, I saw him breaking this breaking the song. That's the only part that I saw the song. I was I was unmoved. I was completely. Unmoved by the, by the whole thing, or by the, the entire thing, and I'm gonna tell you why. God, okay. you know, respectful. There's a funeral. God bless those people. I, I got that, but as I said before, I really have not been fucking with Obama since Ferguson, right? Since he came on TV and, and chastised black people like we was little children and called us thugs and, and criminals, and you know, we're not gonna let this lawlessness and all the shit they always do. He got up there and he said that, right? And I really haven't fucked with him since then. And then since then, we've had so many incidents where he was just completely silent on, right? And hear right. from him, just business as usual. Now, I, now I'm the first one I have said before, you know, I feel like people expect too much of Obama. You know, he's the president. He, he has a certain level of things that he's going to address. He can't come season your greens and all this. And a lot of shit y'all want him to speak about is just, you know, a real unrealistic expectation. So, but that being said, that Ferguson thing... It really turned my stomach because I was like, listen, man, don't go on TV as the black president and wag your finger at us and talk down to us and call us thugs and criminals because of, you know, whatever, and, and not address the situation that we, that, that people are mad about, not address what happened in Ferguson, not address this, this whole, we not just out here crazy running around. There's a reason that we are out here. Because it's 2015, 2014, and we're still dealing with this shit, okay? So... I agree with that. In my opinion, what... And I, okay, and so I understand somebody going to say, well, he's a president, he had to say something. All right. But did he really? You didn't have to say anything. If you, if you didn't want to address it fully, you could have just said nothing. I would have preferred you to continue to not, not address any of these incidents 
They get on TV and do that, right? So, I was unmoved by the whole thing, and here is why. Because to me, I to me that was the jig, and I'm going to tell you why. Because President Obama, the last thing he gave that race, the first when he was running, you know, he gave that speech on race, which I thought was a great speech. And then we hadn't heard from him again. He, he was silent through the Mike Brown thing. Uh, he spoke on Trayvon, which I thought was also a good speech. But he was silent through the Mike Brown thing, but the, uh, other than to come out and chastise us, right? And I feel, but, you know, a lot of people, he's not, so here's the gist of what I'm trying to say. He's not running again. He's not up for election. He can say whatever he wants to say now. He can keep it real now. We see how George Bush ran wild during his last um, run because, you know, I'm not up for election. I don't have to play these polls. I can keep it real. And to me, it seemed a little bit like, you know what, bro, when you go on the national TV to the national audience that's in front of the white folks, you tell them what they want to hear. Oh, these are thugs. These are outlaws. We're not going to do this. But then you want to sneak up into the AME church. And, yeah, it was streamed. But, it was, you know, it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't like, excuse me, it wasn't like a national address. It was like if you wanted to tune in and watch it, which probably a lot of people did, but a lot of people didn't, then you would see this. Now you want to be in front of the black congregation and you want to tell us what we want to hear. And I don't like that shit, man, because you didn't say anything that was super controversial at that funeral. You could have added that. You could say that nationally. And to me, you know, I just, I've always been a person, some people call it cynical, but I don't think it's cynical. Cynical to me is when you just shit on everything and you just, oh, let me play the devil's advocate. That's, that's cynical to me. But I've always been a person who, who I'm very aware of duplicity because I don't really like that. You know what I mean? I don't like people that play both sides and I don't like people who, oh, when I'm over here with this group, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a say this. And when I'm over here with that group, I'm going to say that. And, my, and I just, I didn't, I just. But that's what politics is I understand that politics is built on that, but my whole point is if you can come out and chastise us, okay, you did that, but you want to say this, what we've been wanting you to hear, you want to say that when you're in the church at the funeral, when really it's probably only going to be really black people watching. So it's like, oh yeah, I'm in the black church now, let me play to this. But you don't say that nationally. I would like to hear what you said at that black funeral, because it wasn't controversial. Ain't like he was in there like Malcolm X. He was just saying... to them it would have been. Huh? To, I said to them, to his, like, conservative audience. Hey, again, you're not up, because here's the thing. You're not up for re-election. And the next president, and here's the thing, black people, the next president, whoever's going to be, is going to be white. And all the shit that's happening right now is going to go right back to, to, the, to, the, to the basement like it's been. This is the most, all this we getting right now, we got to get it in right now. The black Lives Matter, all this is our time. You have the black president, it's our time. Because when, when Hillary come in, or whoever it is going to come in, Hillary comes in, that shit is going right back to the back burner, and they're going to move right on with their white liberal shit like always. So now is the time to get it out there. Now is the time. If it's going to be, if it's going to be something to change, it's now. And 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 I just I and and the um the, the amazing grace that y'all was going up for with. I'm sorry, I, that shit to me seemed very calculated. And and I say that, and I could you know I could be wrong. This is my opinion, but I was in the military, and they used to drag us into these auditoriums the same way. And these generals and all these dignitaries are coming there. And they would give these speeches, and they would tear up at the right times, and they would, and you could just tell it was like this motherfucker has practiced this because I saw him at such and such gave the same speech, and he cried at the exact same point. This is theatrical. This is this is this is this is program. He gonna get the same speech every time. This nigga ain't really clear, tearing up. That's just part of his fucking speech. And and I, again, I could be wrong. Some people said they felt like it was uh, improvised. I really don't. I don't think it was improvised. 
I think well, it sure as hell wasn't rehearsed because it was out of key. But well, I, yeah, I just don't think he could sing. But you know, and again, and it could uh, also some of it could be again. I'm not a church person. I'm not churchy, so I just don't buy. I didn't buy into that theatrics. You know, everybody's like, "Oh yes, you better come through, say a word." And I'm like, "What is he saying though? Is he really saying like what? What is y'all really getting excited about?" And that's my issue with Obama. Like, don't forget me wrong. I support Obama, and I love when Obama does his swag, but I feel like a lot of y'all, y'all have selective memory. Like, y'all criticize him, criticize him, criticize him, and then he come through and give y'all a little black swaggy moment, like, oh, the president's saying amazing grace, and everything is forgiven. And I'm like, nah, man, like, I don't know. I just wasn't moved. I just didn't, I don't like that. I'm like, man, to me, it seems like you had you have all these opportunities to address this white supremacy, because that's what we all worried about, right? And you've been super silent, and, and but you, when you go national, you say what makes the white people comfortable. Let's sue the white people. Oh, these are lawless people, all black people. For these guys are thugs and criminals. But then you slide into the AME church with the black folks, and you telling us what we want to hear, and because we churchy, and we into theatrics. And I hate to say it because I know it was a funeral, but just taking that out of it for a second, and because we love these theatrics, and because we in church, and it's all about, you know, Whatever the fuck You're not the only about. person that I heard. I saw a couple tweets that were just like, yo, I feel like this is a show. Yeah, I felt like it was a show. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I felt like it was a show. I didn't think it was improvised. I didn't think it was sleeve or cuff of the sleeve, nothing. I think it was all a show. Oh, I can get in here and let me put my preacher cadence on, the one that I purposely leave out when I'm dressing the white folks. Let me put my preacher cadence on. Let me say these words. I know we in the church, and I know oh, if I sing Amazing Grace, they're going to stand up, and they're going to clap, and it's going to be yes because we in the church. You know, I, I, I was unmoved. I sat there like, yo, this is, we. I'm being played right now. Like, this is, I'm being played right now. Like, I'm a fucking fool. All of this is for me to get excited. Oh, yeah, the president keeping it real. But is he really? You eulogizing in a, in a, in a, in a um, you know, you didn't, when, when you made the statement about the, about the shooting, you didn't say any of this. You could have said that then. You know what? We need to stop addressing. And I mean, you know, and even on the podcast, when he said what he said on the podcast, they made a big deal about it. It's the podcast. You know, and I'm not no again. You don't have to be super Malcolm X with it, but you can say that 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 speech he gave at that funeral. It was very tempered. It was very clean. It was nothing super controversial about it. You could say that in in any of these other statements, but no, all you get out here is you wag your finger because that's what the white people want to hear. And I just, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just wasn't feeling it. And again, I ain't really been rocking with Obama since since Ferguson, and you know. Now is the time. We got a few months left on his presidency, and I'm really not, you know, yeah, you making speeches, but what is you really doing? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it, so I can't really intelligently speak on what, you know, how I felt about it or, or whatever, or any, any summary or anything. But what I, overall, I feel like, uh, until, honestly, I'm, I'm being dead honest, and I was honest with you yesterday. I was like, I forgot that he did that. Yeah, a lot of people forgot because he sang "Amazing Grace" and "Oh God, I was forgiven." Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that he he called us thugs. I mean, I remember it being a thing that you know people were like, "Oh, he didn't come to Ferguson and he didn't do this." And at the time, I was just like, "Well, he's the president of the United States. Like, he can't just show up at these right. places. Like, you guys right. don't understand that." But until you said it, it was like, "Damn, you're right. He 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 did fucking say that." But at the same time, I don't know how it feels to be the first black president of the United States and to have this this platform where you do have to be so conscious and so careful and so meticulous about everything that you want to say and the agendas that you want to push. But all that saying, you are black first. So, I mean, that should, and, and if equality is your end goal and, you know, the United States, like you're not doing 
you're right. You're not. You're not upholding um, your position as a black and also as the president of the United States to unify the states. Like you're not. You're not doing all that. So, but I also think that 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 time was the first time that he was able to take off his presidential hat. And, and, and speak as a black man and as a black father and as as it's just as a black citizen and and really address us if i mean again i didn't see it but the the sentiments that i felt just from like the clip and from everybody else's comments it was kind of just like yo you know i've been listening and I, i've been feeling this way and i haven't said anything and i'm saying it now but you're right he should have said it before he should have I, I i get that and i agree with everything you're saying but the, the issue that I'm the, the, the issue that I have is I feel like it is I I see duplicity. I see I see an intentional when I go in front of the white people, I'm gonna oh, say it is this, very ambiguous. And I'm gonna I, say I that. So I understand what about a presidential platform, but that's what I'm saying. You have a presidential platform. Okay. So if you I understand you're walking this tightrope, but you made a decision to speak a certain way in front of white people and a certain way in front of black people. And what I'm saying is you could have just let, if you're not going to speak on it, don't speak on it, but don't come out there and say what they want to hear that make them comfortable and not address the underlying issue, which is the whole thing we be beefing about here. Like, yeah, like you, we said last week, taking down the flag is a first step, but we still got to dismantle. Okay. The civil war was about slavery. The institution of slavery was defeated in the Civil War, but what survived was a thing that was holding slavery up, which was white supremacy. That is what survived because they were able to go back home and basically, okay, the old plan was slavery. We can't have slavery no more. So now we got a new, we got to have a new plan of how we're going to continue and uphold this white supremacy. And that was never dismantled. And that's why we're in 2015 still dealing with this shit. So my issue is. Don't do that, bro. If you if you are walking this tightrope and you're president, okay, I can't get out here like Reverend Jeremiah Wright, which you cannot understand. That's fine. Don't say anything then. Don't address it at all. But don't go into that audience and, and call us thugs and wag, wag your finger at us, but then slide into the, oh, I'm in the black church now. Now I'm going to get my little Reverend swag on and I'm going to say all this shit in the black church. They're going to stand and yeah, and I'm going to be, nah, dude, nah. Nah, I'm not. You're right. It was a lot of ambiguity in in, in his um, his stance thus far, and as far as his what he's done and what he said and all that. I I definitely fucking agree with that wholeheartedly. But I mean, the the talk to album will be what he does going forward. And I'm yeah, and things publicly going forward. You're correct. And what really makes it what really makes me feel that way is because we all know that Michelle Obama is real. So it's right. not a question that we know this nigga, we know, it's not like we got this Clarence Thomas, like, do we really understand? Do he really right. get it? That is not the issue. Because we know Michelle Obama is 100. We know right. she's real. She's from the south side of Chicago. Her mama is real. So that's what I'm saying. You're a smart man. You're consciously doing that. You are consciously doing that. It's not a blind spot. You're consciously doing that. You're playing both sides of the rope. And I understand if you had a re-election, you have to do that. But there's no reason to do that anymore. So, you know, again, maybe I'm wrong. But I just was no. unmoved. I thought, excuse me. I thought that Amazing Grace was was staged. It felt very theatrical. It felt very, you know, I, I just, I didn't feel it at all. I, God bless you. You're not, you're not wrong. You're a, you're a distrusting critical thinker. Mm-hmm. And it's, to be honest, I'm, I'm the same way. And I should, until you, until we spoke about it, it was like, you know, she, she's, she's right. He did, he did do that, and I was always just, I was kind of given, I guess I was just, I always give people more leeway, but I was just like, you know, I get it, 
you got to tread lightly. But no, you are very deliberate about yes. pinning us out to be um, wrong and like completely negating every reason that we have to be mad and upset and, and violent mm-hmm. and, and revolting otherwise. Like you, you did do that. So again, I, I want to see what he does in the, in the future yes. because you don't, you don't, he doesn't have anything else. He doesn't have anyone to please. And, it, and if they do try to impeach him in his last three months, who gives a fuck? Uh, you made it. They ain't getting no impeachment. Yeah. So, you know, that's so, you know, I just, I thought it over. I thought it over. I'm like, man, I don't want to be one of them pissing on the parade niggas, but I'm like, nope, that was just instinctual. I really don't care. I, I always trust my gut. My gut is really good. And when I watched that, I just sat there like, like one of them old black people that just like, this is, this is for real. Y'all niggas going up for this. Look at y'all niggas. Look at y'all. He got y'all around his finger just that quick. Look at y'all motherfuckers up here clapping at this bullshit. That was what I thought. That was my instinct. I watched that shit with the straightest of faces. Like, word, okay, the jig has ascended. But I'm going to just sit back here on this back pew <laughs> with my arms folded and like Miss Seely, and I'm going to just watch. I'm going to just watch the theater. But y'all motherfuckers, man, it don't take much for him to just, y'all got a short memory when it comes to Obama. That's all I'm going to say. And I've been one of his biggest defenders. And I mean, I still, I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. I ain't saying fuck him. But I've been side-eyeing him since Ferguson. And my eye has not, my eye still to the side. My, not, my eye has not come forward yet. So like you said, we'll see what the follow-up is. And then maybe I'll get my eyeball straight back again. But right now they to the side. Admit, yeah, sharply. Like, if, if, his um if that was his his catalyst for everything that he's he's planning to do going forward for his 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 black agenda or his unifying agenda let me not call it a black agenda in the united states of america but his his unity agenda then then great but if it's not then it was just a show yes so we shall see i suspect that it was just a show okay so that was my unpopular opinion y'all can block me back but i stand by it i was unmoved um, the next thing was also government related. Um, the passing of the universal marriage. Oh, yeah. I feel yo. I have so much went on this week. I almost like missed that. Well, go ahead. What you? I mean, go ahead and do. Well, y'all know I I, I was excited because I want to get married. <laughs> I like that type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it was, um, honestly, I had forgot all about it being deliberated, yes. Yes, exactly. to be honest. So I was just on Twitter like, oh shit. Yeah, I was. I forgot about it too, to be honest. I, I forgot but, they had taken it up. But I think that's really fucking awesome. And I can't wait. It did give me a lot, a whole lot of pressure. Yeah. And I started getting mad messages from <laughs> all sorts. You know they legalized marriage, right? right. Question mark, question so mark, question mark. what's going on now? Dot, dot, dot. dot. You, Where's my invite? I'm gonna get one, right? Is it gonna be in America? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Man, y'all, y'all add more pressure than a mofo, but all right. You know. But yeah, shout, shout out to Scotus and fuck Clarence Thomas with his own. Man, I ain't, I ain't even read that shit. I saw ass. y'all tweeting it. I was like, I ain't reading shit about from Clarence Thomas. That nigga's a clown. Him and Scalia are partisan hacks. I, I ain't reading his descent. I ain't reading that bullshit. I seen the it. The part that really stood out to me was this: this nigga had the full, the 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 gall, the audacity to say that 
that slave and, and fuck it, I don't even care if I'm not putting it out verbatim. But essentially he was just like the slaves didn't lose their dignity in in, in, in slavery. What? Nigga. That nigga is the coonest of coons. If you look up coon in a dictionary, if if, if the bomb, if 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 the world spins into the sun and we all get destroyed and all this shit starts over again, another million years from now they dig up a dictionary and look up the word coon, it'll be a picture of fucking Clarence Thomas. That nigga. And also, until yesterday, I'm super fucking late, but I didn't know he was married to a white lady. Oh yeah, the whole need. Listen, Clarence Thomas is a piece of shit, man. The whole you you too young, but um. They were trying, uh, the whole Anita Baker scan, uh, Anita Baker, god damn it, Anita Hill, Anita Hill, um, scandal, she was, um, Anita Hill, was it the Supreme Court? Oh, give me the line. She was getting nominated for something, I can't remember, this is like back in the 80s, and, um, yeah, it was like a whole sexual, she, she accused, no, that's what it was, when he was being nominated to the Supreme Court, she accused him of sexual harassment, said she, he sexually harassed her, had this whole story, and um, they basically, they being the white folks and the black powers that be, because this was the NAACP days where never mind your politics, we just got to have a black face on the court, never mind that he's a piece of shit, basically called her a liar and dragged her out, and, and Clarence Thomas's white, plain, marshmallow-face-ass wife, was right. was scandaling this woman and dragging her through through the new. Oh, she's just a this and this. It was it was listen. It was a it was the biggest of deals. I was like maybe I remember when this was like ten, eleven, twelve. I remember they had the hearings on TV and everything, and it was the biggest of deals. So yeah, he's a piece of shit. I did not read that dissension. I will from time to time read Scalia's dissents because depending on the topic, like Scalia, every blue moon. And don't, please don't, Scalia is a piece of shit, but every blue moon, he does have a dissent, usually involving the Commerce Clause, which is the one part of the Constitution I think the Supreme Court consistently gets right, and that's because you can't really boondoggle with the, with the Commerce Clause. It's pretty, it's pretty clear, it, it, it's very straightforward, it, it's, you can't really throw politics into it too much, or you can try, but the, the jig will be immediately uh, recognizable, because people will be like, nah, nigga, no. So, but every now and then... What's the Commerce Clause speak to for for me and... Oh, Lord. So, Constitutional Law is my least favorite class because I think it's all bullshit. But basically, um, the Commerce Clause basically says that anything, any issue, any claim that you bring before us, if it has... um, So, Commerce is like the the U.S.'s ability to do business, right? So, Mm -hmm. anything that's... Anything that interferes with the states or the or the government's ability to, as a coordinated union, to do business, gotta go. So if Pennsylvania passes a law that says, you know what, on the interstate highways which are free, um, in order we in order to enter Pennsylvania on the interstate highway, you have to pay a fee, right? Mm-hmm. That is that goes against the Commerce Clause, which says that you can't do anything that interferes with interstate or intrastate commerce, right? So you can't do anything that, that puts a burden on somebody wanting to travel freely through the United States, right? So if Pennsylvania or any state decides that they just, for whatever reason, want to do something that burdens commerce or that makes it hard for anybody or any state, just anything for, for commerce to continue, it's a no-go. And so a lot of things, so a lot of, like, laws, that's what they end up, com- like, for instance, with segregation, like, okay, perfect example, like Plessy versus for A lot of civil rights laws, the court, because it's a political court, they won't uphold it under civil rights because they don't, you know, 
can't recognize racism, but they'll uphold it under, under the Commerce Clause. So, like, take something like Plessy versus Ferguson, where the guy, you know, he started out, he started to train in the South, and he had to sit in the, uh, in the, what do you call it, uh, segregated cars. And then once you cross the Mason-Dixon into the North, you don't have a segregated car. And and eventually, you know, it's like, yo, we can't have this. This is this is this is fucking with commerce because if you know I pay you know if I start out in in, in if I'm black and I start out in Massachusetts and I want to go to Georgia and Massachusetts I can get on the train I can sit wherever I want but then when we cross the Mason Dixon line in Maryland now I got to go to this other car and I got to be treated like a Negro it's just it's fucking up the money basically that's a simple way to say it commerce clause is anything that's fucking up the money and okay. and, and every, yeah so every now and then Scalia will have a dissent or an opinion that I will agree with. Thomas has never had an opinion or never had a dissent or never had a concurring opinion on any matter that I have ever agreed with because he is the biggest coon I have ever encountered. The biggest, the coon of the, of the history of the world is Clarence Thomas. So I saw y'all, he's, he's repulsive. He's repulsive. And I saw, so I saw y'all tweeting his little, and I was like, I'm not reading that shit. I'm not reading that shit at all. I just, he's, he's, he's the worst. He's a partisan hack. He is a coon. He's the biggest believer and upholder in white supremacy that there is. That motherfucker. I don't do this often, but he is ugly. (laughs) That motherfucker not only thinks the white man's ice is colder. He thinks the white, white man's cubes are sharper. He thinks the white man's uh, skin is clearer. He thinks the white man's dick is bigger. He thinks the white man's water is cleaner. He's the, he's the, biggest coon in the world. He thinks the white, anything that's ever been done great in this world has only been done by Europeans and all the rest of us are just bullshit. And he's just lost. Fuck you, Clarence Thomas. Yes. So, you know, I don't know. my silicone dick that I can now figure. <laughs> Not the lambskin? Gotta get him with the lambskin. Gotta get him the good stroke with the lambskin. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yay for gay marriage. You know, I, whatever. I, the thing about the gays when they get married, man. I, so look, it's two kinds of gays that get married. It's the first kind of gays that get married, and you know they get married and they still be gay, and, and God bless them. Then it's the second kind that get married, and they just want to assim- They want to be just like straight couples so bad, and they just want to assimilate into straight men. They become, and it's like you got to go find new friends. Because these motherfuckers just act like straight people. And they just like the boringest people in the world. They're hanging out in the park with all the soccer moms. Ugh, I hate it. Like, so that's why I'm like kind of ambivalent. I mean, yeah, of course, I love that gay marriage is national. So you can go anywhere and you ain't got to worry about these motherfuckers um, fucking with you. But I tweeted an article today from the New York Times. Like, let's not get it fucked up. There's still issues because, they, you know, this couple, they tried to get, they tried to rent a house in Tennessee. I think it was Memphis. And the guy, when he found out they was a lesbian, he all of a sudden, he, I don't agree with that. And he didn't want to rent the house. To them, so it can still discriminate against you. You know what I mean? And yeah, it, excuse me. And I'm glad it's legal in all states, but I still don't understand why some of you gays just won't just move from these places. Like, why? Why are you in Mississippi, stressed the fuck out, just trying to be fucking gay with all these Bible thumping ignorant motherfuckers? Like, why are you putting yourself through that shit, nigga? Move, just, just, just move somewhere else, bro. Like, it ain't worth it, man. Like. You gonna die young from the stress, bro. Just like, oh my god, like you know, I don't know. So yeah, yeah, for gay marriage, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that shit is for me. I, I don't. If I find somebody who want to marry me, maybe, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. For me, marriage is not synonymous with a wedding, so I still might not have a wedding. 
might have a big ass fucking party. Though. Yeah, That's I don't know. I don't think marriage being the cards for Kells. I don't know. Maybe somebody will come and choose me, and and I'll change my mind. But I don't see it. Um. Okay. So that was that. So th- we have anything else for current events? Um. Uh. You said you wanted to cover Pride. Oh yeah. So it's New York City Pride. So I had said I didn't realize it was gonna be raining this weekend. So and. My um my friend Richard's birthday is today actually so yesterday I we I had to traipse all the way out to Queens only for Richard because anybody else in that rain I would have canceled that shit it took me an hour he he it was deep in Queens too like um past the Woodside stop which it was like ten stops in the Queens and I was like God God damn I'm deep in Queens <laughs> Queens is such a third world country of a borough but um you know so I went out there and I came back and got back by ten and I chilled and um. So I, didn't, I so long story short, I'm not doing any pride events. I was like, maybe I'll go to one, but it's raining. I did the I did the pride parade in the rain. Um, what year was that? It was like oh seven oh eight and rained also. And I got my seal of the pride parade in the rain. And I mean, again, I'm old, y'all. Y'all know I'm old. So all the parties and all that, I'm good on it. I I, I might. I told Swab that I'm gonna try to maybe get my money and see if I'll go to Atlanta because I wanna I wanna experience the Atlanta pride. Um, and I didn't get to do it last year so and that's in october so it's a good little distance away so maybe yeah, I'll, I'll be here this year so yeah, let's do it yeah maybe i'll go check out atlanta pride and see what that's all about um something new but i've done the new york one a few times i just feel like the manhattan one is very it's very corporate it's very um hrc and all and you know it's just very corporate very white extremely yeah. white and eh, you know i'm good on it whatever yeah black pride here is uh Little bit of an event. When is it? Is it is it the same time as the White Pride? Uh-uh, it's different. When is it? Um, I think Black Pride is. I want to say Labor Day. Okay, maybe I'll go hit that up. Cause yeah, the White Pride I've done. I've done three of those, and I'm I'm good on them. Um, and then I think the other one is in October. Yeah, I know there. I know Harlem had one. I told you I went to that last year. That was like the oldest Pride ever. They should have called that Old Pride, cause it was nothing but like gray dreadlocks and bees. like, <laughs> <laughs> And rainbow sh- tie dye rainbow shirts <laughs> and rainbow beads and I was like these are this is not the place for me. I'm in there in my like shorts and jays. I was like oh these motherfuckers look like my my grandparents or something. Like, the fuck up. Everybody in lawn chairs, these little rainbow lawn chairs, and I was like where the fuck am I? It was it was up on it was across from that Starbucks on what is that 145th and 8th. I want to say in that little park right up there. Was that Marcus Garvey? Nah, Marcus Garvey's further down. I don't know. Whatever that park is that's up there by the Langston, those condos right up there, that's where it was. And I was like, man, this is some old. I sat with and walked around. Because my friends, my friends told me yesterday, informed me yesterday, and they might be right, that I like them young. I do like them young. Like 25 to 35, that's, that's, that's prime for me. I don't want nobody my age, man. You know, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think I need two old niggas. I'm old. Both of us old together, we gonna end up in the fucking park with rainbow fucking tied down rainbow shirts on the rainbow beads, like sitting in the lawn chairs, looking old as fuck. Like nah, <laughs> yeah, I need me a young John to run, chase her around, you know. So yeah, I'm here for the older women's. Right? Nah, because that's how you get old, man. I've, I've been very conscious since I've been telling y'all about this joke, this this job I'm working on with all these old people, and I'm just very conscious of you know because age. I mean, it ain't a number, but it kind of is. Like, you know, you have people who are, you know, they're, they're up in age, but they're youthful. And then you right. have people who are up in age and they're not. And I think a big part of that is, like, when you don't stay up. Like, when you don't stay, you know, when you don't listen. What's the new music out? Like, you still listening to fucking uh, uh, 
you know, what's the boy name? Harold Melvin and them. Like, that's all you listen to. You don't get it. You get old quickly. You know what I mean? I so, wonder what happens one day. Do they just be like... They just don't keep up. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, they don't listen to nothing new. They don't keep up with nothing new. You end up like that old uncle, old aunt. Who that boy? What's that boy? Oh, that nigga, them tight jeans. You know, you don't know nothing hip. And I just, I don't want to, I want to be like that. Like, I'm, you know, I understand my age and I, you know, I still do. But, like, I like to, I want to, you know, I just feel like that's how you stay young. When you're old, it's just somebody young to keep you young. So you don't end up in the park on Pride in rainbow shirts and rainbow bees with gray dress and in them fucking Birkenstock sandals and a lawn chair. Wait, I like Birkenstocks, though. No, not the Birkenstocks. Those sand, those other sandals, they like Tyvek. I don't know what you call them. They like, they like those. The white dudes wear them all the time. Those brown, like with the straps. Yeah, with the straps that Velcro <laughs> down. Them joints, like oh god, <laughs> never ever. Like I cannot. Those joints. Yeah, I don't like Birkenstocks, but I heard they're very comfortable. It's just so stereotypical lesbian to me. I refuse to wear them shits, but I could do. I could deal with them. But them goddamn Tyvek's they be wearing. I was like, oh god, y'all have just given up. <laughs> on life, <laughs> just... yeah. I do some very stereotypical lesbian shit. I, I love linen. I fucking love linen. I'm not gonna let it go. <laughs> I had some linen on last week, but they was, you know, they was updated. They was tailored. They was tight. They weren't like them fucking Tom Joyner balloon linen pants. But they... oh yeah, no. Nah, I, I, I mean, I keep them together. I mean, linen is nice in the summer. Now, I mean, they make it for a reason. You know, well, you can't tell me shit. I go outside in my linen pants and a wife be there, and it'll be a day. Sure. <laughs> Hey, they make it for them white pants I have are linen also, but they're the um they're like that new linen, so you gotta like really feel them. They not like old hey old player linen, but yeah. I mean they make linen for a reason. And we ain't down to linen. It's just you know get you a nice pair. Don't get you them now with that fucking pleats in the front and they fucking three feet wide Steve Harvey linens, and then you throwing <laughs> on them air cookout threes with them, and then you, with the Bluetooth on your air looking looking old and just whack as fuck. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta keep it smooth. You can't, you know, you keep it smooth. Yeah, air cookout threes. We all know what those are. Them sandals with the fucking straps. <laughs> you gotta have the ashy heel though. <laughs> with the thugs, with the lug sole, air cookout threes. The ribs finna be fire though. If your uncle on the on the grill in the short set and them joints, the ribs finna be fire. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, so that's it for current events, right? Yeah, that's all we got. Okay, so on the shit we watched. So we decided on last week. We told y'all we decided on some kind of, on, on a few shows. So we're gonna do True Detective. We'll do that, right? But um, it comes on on Sunday, so it'll be a week delayed. Um, and then so there's a couple YouTube shows that we both discussed that we watched. So we said we was gonna do. Did you you have you watch you watched New York Girls TV right? You, you watched it. All I haven't week. watched it in a couple of weeks. Okay, so. <laughs> It's two seasons of it. I believe the last time I checked, I believe their most recent episode was episode season two, episode three. And I was just going to check again and see if episode four came up. But um, so it's New York Girls TV. It's on YouTube. So, I mean, I don't know if y'all want to watch or not. If we got some gay listeners, y'all might want to check it out. Um, and it's good. Like, it's set in New York. Because, um, you know, my issue with, the, with a lot of... Oh, sorry. My issue with a lot of these... Um, YouTube series is, and you know, I say this, you know, don't take this the wrong way, because I know people work hard and, and everything, and you know, everybody can't be fucking Ava DuVernay coming out the gate, but like, a lot of it is just not good, it's just terrible, the acting is terrible, the story is crazy, and it's just, I, you know, it's just not good, but New York Girls TV, I I, I like it, like, I, I watched it, because, um, 
you know, it's, don't get me wrong, ain't nobody on it going to be winning an Academy Award anytime soon, but they try, you know what I mean, they try, it's different personalities, you can tell they're not just out there, they're not struggle reading, I hate, I hate when you watch these YouTube shows, and it's like, so the line will be like, let's go to the store, because we have to see them, like, let's go to the store, we got to go see Candy, <laughs> like, you sure, you want to go to the store, yeah, ma, let's go, like, it's like they, like, they got the paper in front of them, and they just reading the paper, like, you know, and like, fucking, when you're in detention and you got to read out loud and you got the nigga in the back that can't really read. Like, it's like that. Like, you know, just take a class, work on your craft, try to make it sound real. Can't be out here like Lisa Ray reading everything in the same monotone and just scrunching up your face and making facial expressions and thinking you acting. Like, nah. So, um, New York Girls TV. So, it's actually one that I like. Um, it's made, I forgot. I think the main character, I think her name is Bree. I can't remember, but if y'all listening, y'all go Google it and watch it. It's a good show. There's another one I told you, Sky's the Limit. I gotta check and see if that one had a second season, too. Well, I I gotta see that. I'm gonna yeah. go watch these today while I'm cleaning up my dirty-ass room. Yeah, so it's it's good. Like So the, the premise of New York Girls TV is they're in New York, and it's like these young girls in their 20s. And, you know, and the thing you gotta know about lesbians, or, and the thing I try to avoid, it's like it's a very small community, so it's like everybody fuck everybody, everybody ex is somebody else's view. It's, it's, it's a bunch of mess, so it's a lot of that, but, um, you know, it follows this one girl who's like the main character and her, her group of friends, and they live in Brooklyn, and, um, she's kind of, she's like a writer, um, and she's just kind of like trying to find her way through, and like, um, you know, it's just, it's just being young, gay, in Brooklyn, and the shit that you go through, and it's a little side story, because it's, and I like it, because it's like a, so that other, other big thing in, like, the lesbian world is, like, class, right, because you got, you have, like, blue collar, you know, work security, work, whatever did I always joke about, work security, police officers, whatever, blue collar lesbian world, and then you have higher up, professional, got, went to college, got degrees, which I'm still trying to find this community, because, I'm like one of the few that I know. Well, that's that's not a correct statement, but it's it's they're harder to recognize, right? So there's there's usually you this like so take a show like the L Word. Nobody they had one season where they kind of confronted, but everybody on the L Word like that was like super professional, you know, museum curator Cindy. Uh, What's her name? The fuck was what the fuck was Bet and Team Tina was um, you know she was working the big Hollywood studio. And Shane was you know this hairdresser to the stars. Like it was very professional, high level. Um, nobody was like, you know, a plumber or, you know, it's a regular ass job. So a lot of the shows are usually on that level or you get the opposite, which is a lot of these YouTube shows where, you know, niggas just want to be hustlers or drug dealers or whatever. But I like the show because it's a mix. Like she's, you know, she went to school. She's trying to do these things. Some of the other ones clearly did not. It's like another little offshoot of like one is dealing drugs. So it's a nice little good little mix. It's set in Brooklyn. I like it. So, you know, if y'all want to follow along, we're not going to go by episode by episode until she gets caught up. But if y'all want to follow us along with it, it'd be good. Um, yeah, I'll be caught up by ne- next week. Yeah, and it's like, again, it's a YouTube s- series that's good. And, you know, because it's not a lot of uh, gay stuff out there. But, oh, so this is what I, I, I just, I like to spring shit on you, but I just thought it is. So, because I told you a few episodes ago, right, to watch Bound, right? And you yeah. hadn't heard of it. So you watch Bound. Now you see what I was talking about, right? Yes. Give me your opinion about Bound, man. It's like a cla- Bound is a, if y'all don't know, Bound is a classic movie. It starred, starred Jennifer Tilly, Gina Gershon, Joe Palatiano, well, however you say his name, Palatiano, the guy that, the, the guy to be in the mob movies, Chris Maloney, um, 
and that's all the name actors that y'all probably notice in it. It, it's, it's, it was directed by the Warshawski brothers right before that one like went through his sex reassignment surgery. Really good movie. So what did you think about it? It was dope, right? Yeah, I thought it was a really good movie, and I was I was um very quickly invested. Um, first because it was just like a hot movie. Right? And I could see how I could see how at the time it it be so groundbreaking. It was hot. Every, ooh, it was hot. Everybody. Yeah, it was hot. It was sexy. It was. It was. It was everything. And then um, it was also like a crime drama. And right. Like, I love mob movies. So yes. like for it to be something lesbian and sexy and racy like that yeah. combined with with you know the mob and shit yeah. like that shit was fucking awesome and I, I remember I asked you I was like is this who Shane was based off I thought that was Shane came developed out of you know a spin off of that character Perhaps, I don't think so Shane was supposed so there was this like celebrity hair there is a real celebrity hair, hairdresser in LA called Sally Hirschberger that's a lesbian and that's pretty much who Shane was supposed to be modeled but I mean you, you, they could have stole some things from Bound I mean Bound is an iconic iconic movie anybody gay knows that so it's possible but technically she was she was modeled off this other chick but, yeah I thought that was fucking awesome and you know again I really love crime uh, dramas specifically mob movies like yeah. Blow and um, yeah. Donnie Brasco like yeah. those are like my favorite movies I, I fucking yeah. love those movies um, but for this to be something that I can relate to, like as a woman and as a lesbian, I was like, "This is fucking dope!" It's and like awesome. they 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 tricked the mob. Like, yeah. Like she like it was man, it was awesome. Like the rider, like the 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 cohesion between the two of them, it was just like man, fucking awesome. It's a great ass movie. Thank you for putting me on. <laughs> and now you see, and that's the thing about Bound, because when people talk about iconic lesbian movies, they always um cite Sharon Stone and what was what was that name um. What was, the, what was the Sharon Stone movie and Michael Douglas? The big movie. I always forget that shit. Something I didn't see. Uh, yeah, everybody knows this movie. Let me Google it. God damn it. I don't know. Where my brain be? Um, the movie. It was Sharon Stone where she showed her bush. It was a, I, another big 80s movie. And whenever they cite lesbian, Sharon Stone, Michael Douglas. Let me get it up real quick. I, Michael Douglas. Everybody is sitting in, in listener land, like saying the name, like God damn it, how you don't know the name of the movie? Because <laughs> I know right now, but I forget a lot of shit. I was watching some basic, movie about Basic Instinct, Basic Instinct. Oh uh, yeah, I never seen it. That's the That's '90s it. movie that everybody. But that Basic Instinct was bullshit. First of all, Basic Instinct was not a lesbian movie. It was a t- typical bisexual, follow one of the worst lesbian stereotypes ever movie. But Bound is just like Chelsea just said. It's so dope because it is a mob movie, right? And it has this plot running through it, but it's these two, it involves the, the, the romantic relationship in the movie is between these two lesbians. And they, and they, they, fit. so I'll tell y'all, I'll tell y'all the plot, because it's an old movie, and this ain't no spoiler. So Jennifer Tilly plays Violet. Gina Gershon plays Corky. So the plot is, so Gina Gershon is, ma- are they married? No, they're not married. They're just boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. To Joe Palatino, who is a mob guy. He's pretty, he's pretty high up in the mob. He's like a lieutenant or something in the mob. Right. It's set in Chicago. So they live in a nice, you know, and in Chicago they call the mob the outfit. But it's, you know, her, so him and, and Jennifer Tilly live in this nice condo apartment, top floor penthouse, you know, sweet. They in the mob. He's, you know. Um, Gina Gershon, who plays Corky, is just getting out of jail, and she gets a job as a super in this building where Jennifer Tilly and Joe, and, and Jennifer Tilly, I don't know if y'all know who that is. That's Meg Tilly's sister, but she's really attractive. Uh, and was really attractive in this movie. I don't know, y'all could Google her. Some of y'all might know, but she's one of the Tilly sisters are like three famous actress sisters. They were really big in the 80s. 
Um, not so much in the 90s. And actually, this movie was kind of a big comeback for Jennifer Tilly because they, you know, well, not a big comeback, but she hadn't been in shit for a while. And then she popped up in this and everyone's like, oh. Um, so Corky is the, is the um, you know, the super for the building is her job. So this the, the movie opens with, um, you know, Corky's at work and she's getting in the elevator or whatever. And the, the elevator, um, you know, somebody says, hold the door. So she holds the door and Jennifer Tilly and Joel, what was Joel Caesar? So I'm gonna call them by the, by the characters in the movie. So it was um, Violet and Caesar. They get on the elevator. So Corky's just in the elevator, like hmm, whatever. So she notices, you know, Violet. Cause Violet is fine, and she, you know, gives her a little up and down or whatever. But Violet turns around and gives her the up and down back, like takes her sunglasses off and like like gave her the real like Bernie mat from the flow up, up and down, like what up? And so Corky's looking like the hell because like okay clearly these two are together and she's like tip she's ultra femme she don't look gay at all she looks like typical gangster mall so ain't no reason to think this chick is gay at all and so corky's looking like what the what the hell like okay so then so then when they get off the elevator corky leans out the elevator and watches her walk away or whatever and 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 violet's still looking like you could get basically giving her that you could get all this shorty look right all yeah. of it right so so violet goes to goes to jiggering and so she throws like her she figures out the corky's a super so she wants to get her over to the crib so she throws her jewelry down the, the sink and and, she, and calls the the guy like oh mr so-and-so I, I lost my jewelry in the sink please send the super over knowing that it's gonna be corky right yeah so she calls so corky shows up corky got on like some chinos and a wife beater you know so she shows up like yo mr panettini said you, you had an issue with your sink and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm so sick. I don't know what happened. I just threw my jewelry down, right? Like, come on in. You know, like, yeah, go yeah. get the jewelry out the sink, right? So Corky's like, uh, so, but, and so Corky is, you know, she just got out of jail. She's very street smart. So Corky's kind of got the attitude I got. Like, what this hoe trying to do? Let me not fuck up. And this is, this yeah, is- I loved it. Because she was just like, she was just, she was just playing. She played the part so, so um, smooth. She was just like, yo, I know what's going on, but yeah. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm just up here to fix your fucking yeah. shit. Yeah, because this is a mob dude. And Corky knows right. this. And she don't know who he is. But clearly, Corky, like I said, she, she just got out of jail. She been off the porch. She know what's what. She know this is a mob dude. This is a mob dude girlfriend. They living in this fly ass penthouse, so this dude is probably somebody, right? So right. she ain't trying to get caught up in a jig. So she up in there like, yeah, all right, keep going, yeah, whatever. Don't, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just gonna fix this motherfucker jewelry. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here because this chick ain't finna get me killed, right? So right. she goes in there. So she's like, all right. So Corky takes Corky takes the wrench and you know gets the jewelry. So while she puts the bucket under the sink, you you know how to get the jewelry out. You gotta take the thing up too. So here go and and when she showed Violet in like this lingerie, lingerie, Violet got on this lingerie. Well, her her titties is sitting. Her titties is sitting up in this lingerie, right? Like sitting. Um, and she got the what's the thing you call that they put over it? So they have the lingerie and then they have like that robe thing. What is that called? I don't know. I, somebody told me it was called a momo, but is that no, right? No, it's not a momo. I don't, I don't know the, the long the... thing. This is so you have it. So you have the lingerie, which is the which is like the little nightgown, which is strappy straps, right? She had that on, and then there's that like throw you put on. It's like a roll, but it's like short and it's sheer. Whatever that thing. So she had that I just on. Take them off and some heels, right? So she and titty sitting, makeup done, hair did. Girl, this is how she. It's just her and Corky. So Corky like, oh, this is. Ah oh, shit! So so Corky gets under the sink. Violet leans against against the sink while she's doing it. So basically, Violet's legs is like 
right at Corky's face. Like, right? Like, she not standing across from it. She not behind. She, like, right next. Like, yeah, uh, like I said, you can get all of this, right? So Corky's looking like, uh, Corky turning the thing like, uh, here we go. Like, I don't know what this right. is. I don't know if this thing is going to pop out the closet. Like, got you. I ain't trying. Uh, she just like she just like turn the shit, turn the shit, get the jewelry, get a bitch the jewelry, get the fuck up out of here, right? So she yep. gets the jewelry out, gives it to Violet, tries to drop it in Violet hand. Violet do the old, let me hold your hand. Like Violet just doing the most, and Corky like, oh, Lord, but Violet look good. So Corky breaking down like, oh, right? So so she like thank you. So then they go. How do they get to the couch? I forgot. Violet is smooth as shit too. And I like that's the other thing I like about it because Corky is like the dom, like the stud, right? Supposedly, right. but not really because Violet is like orchestrating. She's his, aggressive, is she? And orchestrating this whole shit. Like Violet know how, just Violet knew when old girl got to the door how this was gonna go down, right? Right. So, but she knew she was gonna resist. Right. So Violet got this shit mapped out way ahead of time. So she finessed Corky over to the couch. I forgot how did she finesse her over? Because she asked if she want a beer. I think she asked her if she want a drink or something like that. Yeah. And she, I and, think she was. She played the whole "You must be thirsty." Yeah. yeah. Hard. Um, yes. She hit her with the, you must. No, that's what she did. Yes. She hit her with the. Oh, thank you so much. I didn't know what I was going to do. You must just be so thirsty. <laughs> and Corky yeah. is like. <sighs> Corky looking at the door like. Oh. Oh, can I just get the hell out of this apartment, right? So, so Lily, um, Violet gets her over. Violet gets her over to the couch, and again, Violet's titties are sitting. When I say sitting, these motherfuckers is looking like two grapefruits in a fucking thong, right? They, they out like everything but the nipples is out, right? All in Corky face, right? So they get on the couch. She hands Corky the beer. They sit on the couch. Violet sits. All up next to Corky, like basically puts them things in Corky's chin, basically <laughs> the fucking titties, like right in Corky's chin, right. So now Corky is really on alert. Corky's sitting there, like, but you know, let me just let me see how far this won't go. Let them just let's see what's gonna happen. So then Violet starts soft talking, and she's like, "Oh, so Cor- Corky has the international I'm a lesbian tattoo of the Labyrinth." And this is the 90s. You got to understand the 90s was all about gay tattoos. It was all about the triangles and the labyrinths. <laughs> like, that was about just... the signs and the signs. <laughs> right. That was like 90s gay. So she has this. So Corky's like, oh, nice tattoo. Um, where'd you get it? She reaches over and starts rubbing Corky's tattoo. Now Corky got this beer. And Corky just stuck now. She's just like stuck. So then finally, Corky snapped and then Violet throwing the titties closer in her face. And I'm sure Violet smells... Delicious, right? I'm sure she got all the perfumes on. I'm sure she smells delicious. So she got Corky for a minute. Corky like stuck. Then Corky snaps out of it like, what the fuck you doing? Like, what is this? What's this about? I know you want to do. What, what is you doing? And she right. like, and Violet basically says in so many words. I can't remember the exact line she uses, but she basically like, yo, I'm trying to get you get all this, right? That's basically what Violet says. And Corky is like, so then Corky's like, gives her the yeah, right. Look, so she grabs Corky's hands, like, all right. So I can tell you don't believe me. She was like, so I. She puts Corky. Long story short, she puts Corky's hand up her skirt, like, yo, I'm about to show you what's real. So Corky does what a real nigga would do, and then, but then again, she catches herself. No, no, no. She does what a real nigga would do. They get to laying down. They about to go at it. The door opens. 
Here comes fucking Caesar in the door. And Caesar, he's a street nigga, and the lights is out. He see them laying down on the couch. Nigga like, hey, oh, whoa, whoa, what's going on? They jump up. He sees her ready to fight. Because, again, Corky got on, you know, short hair. She got, she kind of looked like a dude. Once he realizes it's not a dude, he like, oh, oh, okay. He was like, I was about to kill you. I, hey, it was about to be, it was about to turn up. But, okay, well, what's up? So then Violet introduces, you know, and Corky got, Corky just had her hand completely up Violet's whole, oh, yeah, whole thing. Right? Yeah. Had, had it completely up Violet's love shoot. Let's just say that. Completely <laughs> up, right? <laughs> Completely in, in Violet's taco. She got the sauce, she got the cheese, the lesson, it completely, right? They jump up. So Violet's like, oh, hey, Caesar, this is Corky introduced. So quick, and this is great. And, and, and they had a special on the making of it. And this scene was totally improvised. It was supposed to go a different way. Joe Palatano was the one that stuck that, that handshake scene that was improvised. He stuck his hand out to shake Corky's hand. So Corky shakes his hand with the hand that he just, he just had up. And you can see her kind of let, like, if you notice in that scene, you see Gina Curtin put her hand over her mouth when he says, oh, shake, because he wasn't supposed to do that. And so she kind of, like, like yeah, yeah, I, did, yeah I, thought, I mean, I didn't know it was on Yeah, it was improvised. Was it was improvised. So, oh, you see all three of them react like, oh, this is so, so, so they shake his hand. So so that was, that was like, so the point of it is Violet is kind of, she's been with Caesar for a while. She's kind of over it. She don't want to be with the mob. These months, so it's enough. So the side story is this this dude, I don't know, they do some kind of job. The movie kind of starts like whatever has gone on has already occurred. There's some money missing. So it turns out that the the accountant is is the one stealing the money. So the mob, they bring the dude to the apartment and they, you know, they're trying to, the head of the the guy whose name is Mickey, um, they're trying to find out how this dude, they want to know how he stole the money so they can, you know, if somebody tries it again, and they want to know where the money is. So they bring the dude to the apartment, they beating him up, they cutting his fingers off, trying to get him to tell what the money is. And Violet, is just, she had enough. Violet is fed up, she's been with this mob nigga, she see this girl that she likes now, and she see, she's like, I, I can't do this no more, I'm trying to get out. But it's the mob, Caesar, like, you ain't going nowhere, you my girl, what the fuck is you talking, she, she can't go, you know, it ain't just like you could be like, I'm out. So she goes to Corky and is like, yo. So in the meantime, oh, so I'm skipping the part. So in the meantime, um, you know, Corky's working around a building. She notices this dude that's stealing the money come up. Her and, him and Violet have sex. So now Corky is like, typical straight girl. She just wanted to get knocked off, but she's straight. She ain't really whatever. So Corky's got a little attitude. And um, she confronts Violet about it. And Violet's like, look, I'm a lesbian. I do that for work or whatever. She was like, that don't mean shit. Like, that's just... You know, I do it to get by or whatever. That's just this life I live. It don't mean shit. I know what I am. So they have a little beef about that. So long story short, Violet goes to Corky like, look, I got to get out of this. I need you to help me get out of this. They got this money that Sandy stole. They got it all back. Caesar got it back. They killed Sandy. They Sandy finally told him what the money was. They killed him. They went and got the money. So it was like, what was it, like a million dollars? How much money was it? Um, I can't remember. One or two million. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it was like a little over two million. It was a lot of money, cash in this suitcase. So she. Oh, like, I think it was like two point seven or like some random shit. Yeah, it was like some random shit. Cause I don't think they got all the money back. I think they just got the money that he hadn't had a chance to steal yet back. So it's in this suitcase, sitting in the crib. So Violet, like, come on, Corky, if you help me, we could get this money. So she's telling Corky. Corky, like I said, Corky just got out of jail. She went to jail for white collar crime. So she's okay. slick. So she's asking Violet questions, trying to figure out how this going. And as she's asking her this question, she's like, she is Violet's like, yeah, so Gino, and, and she's like, wait a minute, Gino who? She's like, Gino Marzoni. 
and and that's I guess that's like it's like saying John Gotti like this is the top 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 mob guy and she's like wait a minute Gino Marzoni she's like and Johnny Johnny is Johnny Marzoni and she violent like yeah she like from the Marzoni crime family she's like yeah she like violent the fuck did you try you shoot crazy like you talking about ripping off the mob mob I, this ain't some bullshit this is the mob mob like are you for real and, and violent like yeah. <laughs> like, I'm dead ass serious. I'm tired. I cannot do this anymore. I can't fuck this nigga no more. I can't fuck that nigga no more. I ain't, I'm, I'm, I'm just me and you can just go do this with the two point seven million dollars. Is you down? Basically. And so, and so, Corky was like, "All right, I, I gotta trust you to do this." And she was like, "You could trust me." She was like, "I, you know, I ain't have to tell you none of this. I'm, you know, you could trust me." She like. Well, the last person I trust is how I ended up in jail. But I was just like, well, look, you tell me how you want to do it, and we'll do it however you want to do it. Just, but I can't, I got to get, it got to happen. So that's what the whole movie is about. Them ripping, trying to get this money off from the mob without getting killed and without Caesar finding out. But turns out Caesar ain't no dummy. Caesar, you know, he didn't get what he got. They had him fooled for a minute. Cause she, he just didn't connect. He knew Violet was gay. He or he, like he said, I knew she had her proclivities, but he didn't really connect up her and Corky. For it took him a minute to collect it up. Cause they go through this whole thing. They have this whole thing. They stage. Corky was like, "All right, this is what we gonna do. You gonna act like?" Because the backstory is Johnny and Caesar, who's the, the mob guy's um, son, they don't get along. And so Corky's angle Johnny like, was um is Johnny um, is Chris Maloney. Yeah, detective. Yeah, he's Chris Maloney. And the whole thing is him and Caesar don't get along because Johnny's an idiot, but he's Gino's son, so, you know, he's high up in the mob because he's Gino's son. But Caesar's really the smart one, and Caesar's like, man, this motherfucker always fucking shit up. Because what happened was he killed the dude before they could find out where all the money was. And he just a fuck up. And Caesar just don't like this nigga. Like, he always fucking shit up. He's an idiot, but I gotta do what this nigga say. I can't kill this nigga because he Gino's son, right? So there's this whole beef between him and Caesar. So Corky decides to play on that. Corky's like, okay. She gets violent telling the whole story. And so and so she's like, alright, that's our end. So they, t- they try to make it look like Johnny is the one who took the money and is trying to set Caesar up to take the fall for it. That's the angle that they use. So Violet, it's this whole thing. Okay, Violet, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go downstairs. You're going to get the scotch that Gino, they always get for Gino. And when you come back, you're going to have to say that, hey, oh, I'm sorry, did I miss them? Like you saw Johnny. And the whole per- the whole premise of it is they want Caesar to think that Johnny set him up and Johnny took the money and is going to try to make Caesar, set Caesar up to take the fall. So Violet has to sell this whole thing. And her part of selling it is when she goes to get the scotch, she's going to come run back in like, oh, my God, I was late. I missed Johnny. And Caesar was like, what you talking about? And you ain't missed nobody. And ain't even come from the airport yet. And she's like, oh, because I saw Caesar. I saw Johnny downstairs and plants this little seed in Johnny in, in Caesar's head. So Caesar goes running into the room where the money is. Meanwhile, Corky has switched the money out with newspaper. Right. And he still don't know nothing about Corky. Corky next door in the apartment next door. He sees the newspapers missing. He freaks out. He panics. He's like, oh, fuck. Johnny set me up. Gino's going to get here looking for his stolen money. I'm going to hand this man a, a suitcase full of newspaper, and it's going to look like I took it, and they're going to kill me. And this is exactly what they want. So Caesar goes crazy, but, and this is it's so good. Like, the relationship between Violet and, and Corky is so good because Violet knows. It's so fluid. It's yeah, so, it's so fluid. It's, and Violet it's knows Caesar really well. 
So Violet knows Caesar really well. And because Corky was like, he'll panic and, and, and he'll run away and then me and you could be free. And Violet keeps saying, I don't know, Corky. I don't think Caesar's going to run. He's not, he's not like that. I don't think he's going to run. And so that's what happens. Caesar doesn't run. Caesar's like, okay, fuck you, Johnny. You going to try to set me up? Okay, I'm going to play it on you. I'm going to go along and I'm going to flip it on you. And so the plan starts to go wrong there because Caesar doesn't run. It goes wrong from there. So Caesar, um, you know, they go, they try to find it at Johnny's apartment. Oh, so I'm forgetting the main scene. So when they get to the crib, Gino's there, Johnny's there. They all, you know, go through this whole scene. And, and, Caesar, and Johnny's like, okay, Caesar, show the money. So Caesar, in his mind, is like, oh, this nigga tries to play me. So they go through this whole thing. And Caesar's like, oh, no. Yeah, the argument. Yeah, Caesar's like, no, you open the suitcase, Johnny. Because Caesar's like, oh, nigga, you think you're going to play me? No, I'm going to flip this on you. Open the suitcase. The suitcase going to be empty. And I'm going to sit right here. And I'm going to tell Gino, no, Gino, I ain't steal shit. This motherfucker stole it because Violet saw blah, blah, blah. Well, it goes wrong. It goes wrong. It doesn't work out that way. And Caesar ends up shooting and killing everybody. So he kills Johnny, he kills Gino, he kills everybody in the room. So now this plan is all fucked up because this motherfucker just killed Gino Marzoni, who's like, you just killed John Gotti. You know what I mean? You just killed the man, the man, the man. All these dead-ass apartment bodies in your fucking apartment, and you and Violet sitting here looking at each other. Like, what the fuck we gonna do now? And you don't know where the money is at. And you right. done killed the whole mob, and the mob is looking for their money, right? Because Gino, the whole plan with Gino is supposed to come in, take the money, leave, Thanks, Caesar. Good job. Leave out. Take it on to whoever he's going to take it on. So people expecting these people. Dane showed up. Nobody seen him. The phone calls start coming in like, yo, have you seen Gino? Where, where's, where's? And so, and then and, and the fucking bodies is in the apartment with Caesar. Like, fuck, what I'm going to do? The, in the bathtub. In the bathtub. The cops then came because somebody heard the gunshots. So the cops came. One of them asked to use the bathroom. So he pissing in the bathroom with the bodies in the fucking tub. And he pulled the curtain. And the bodies in the tub. So he shook his shit like, oh, my God. So the cops don't ever notice. So that's where the plan starts to go left. And so, see, and so when they go to Johnny, so Caesar like, oh, I know where the money is. They go to Johnny's house, come back. Um, Violet calls Corky really quickly, like, okay, it's, it's, it's going. And Corky's like, all right, just stay calm. It's going to work. They go according to plan, whatever. They tell each other, I love you, blah, blah, blah. But the further it goes along, the more Caesar is just not doing what they want him to do. And Violet keeps saying, Caesar, we got to go. We got to run. And, and finally, Violet's like, all right, well, I'm leaving. I can't take this. And Caesar, because he ain't no dummy, like, wait a minute, bitch. What you mean you running? How I know you ain't take the money? What do you mean? What the fuck you mean you running? I ain't running. We got we in this together, right? And so that's when it starts to go left, left, because now Caesar's starting to put two and two together because Violet fucks up and calls Corky again, and because Corky is right next door and in these big ass cavernous apartments, he hears the phone ringing, and he goes into the room and Violet slams the phone down. He's like, "Who are you talking to?" So now he really suspects the Violet. Like, no, nah, I don't. You know what the fuck? What the fuck's going on? So he figures out, eventually he figures out it's Violet and Corky that's trying to rob him. And he's like, you bitch, I gave you everything. I pulled you out the club. I pulled you here. I gave you all this fancy shit. What the fuck are you doing for this fucking night? What the fuck? <laughs> and Violet just like, fuck you, Caesar. Yeah, you pulled me out the club. Whatever. I'm gay. I've been gay. Fuck you. Fuck you. Right? So, um, you know, it comes to a head. He ties them up. He gonna kill Corky. But he need Corky to tell him where the money is. Corky got the money stolen, stashed in the paint jug next door the whole time. He needs Corky to tell him where the money is. He threatened to cut her fingers off. Um, and But he leaves Violet go. Because he loves Violet. He ain't really trying to hurt Violet, right? He ain't going to do shit to Violet. So um, 
Violet tries to get Corky free. Violet can't get Corky free. So they get to they get to tussling over the gun. Cause Caesar just fed up now. He like, look, Violet, goddamn it. Tell me where the fucking money at. I'ma kill this dyke and we just gonna go back to how it is. And Violet, like, nah, that's my boo. You can't kill me. You know, you cannot kill her. So they get to tussling. Violet gets the gun from Caesar some kind of way. Cause he's she trying to kill Corky. He's trying to kill Corky with it. Violet gets the son from Caesar. Violet points the gun at Caesar. And Caesar's like, Violet, come on. I know you. All right, you had your little thing with this little dyke. Whatever. It's over. Now. Come on. It's enough is enough. Tell me where the money is. Get the fuck out of here. I know you ain't going to shoot me. And Violet is like, you don't know shit. Because Caesar don't know. Caesar has no idea that Violet been trying to get away from his ass forever. And this is she saw her shot. She was like, you don't know shit. Bow, bow, bow. And caps that nigga. Like, kills him. Shoots him up. Didn't he get to the money? Because they told him where it was at. He got to, yes, yes, yes. He got to the money because this is what happened. So he was going to cut Corky's fingers off. Corky wasn't going to say nothing. Violet was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Don't cut the fingers off. I'll tell you where the money is. So he did get the money. So that's how she got the gun. He got the money. He gets up to go run for the money. Violet trips him. The gun comes out. They tussle a little bit. He hits Violet with the gun, knocks her out, goes to get the money. In the meantime, Violet comes through. Comes to, gets the gun, runs next door to where Caesar is with the money. Caesar's right. standing there with the money. That's when she shoots him. So she shoots him when he has the money. Boom, boom, shoots him, gets the money, unties Corky, and they get off and ride out into the sun. But Bound, it's, you ain't got to be gay to appreciate it. Because, again, it's a mob movie. It's a really good movie. But it's like, it's so, that relationship was written so well. It was so great. The interaction was great. And it's sexy, hot. And it's not this fake lesbian porn or this fake oh the girl's gonna be bisexual and then she's gonna pick the man in the end none of that it was it was it, it wasn't was, it was real yeah it was so good so i if you More gay realistic rather yeah, if you gay and you have not seen bound you are losing because that is like the epitome that's the classic movie it's like relationship goals, man. Yeah, right, right or die. Like, that's what everybody, Violet was right. And that's the good thing about it because, like, again, the dynamics was like that Corky was a stud, Corky was a dominant one, but really it was Violet. Violet was ride or die. Violet was hardcore, hard body. She knew what she wanted. She let Corky plan it because she ain't no dummy. She like, all right, I don't know nothing about all this shit, so I'm going to let Corky do that part because, you know, she, like I said, she had went to jail for the same thing. So she knew how to do it, how, what, how the best way to do it. But when it came down to capping the nigga and having to do what she had to do, Violet came through hard body and saved Corky's life. And that shit was so Yeah, great. it was a great um, personification of trust. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that, it, it was so fluid how yeah. it operated. And it was... It was like once Corky knew that Violet was legitimately there for her. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't a ploy or a scheme and thing. Yeah. It's like, yo... It took off, man. It was awesome. Yeah, Corky got her little truck. It was good. You got, you got to see it. It's a good. I love that movie. I watch it every time it comes on. And I'm so glad it's on Netflix now because I had the DVD at one point. I don't know where it is now, but um, I had the DVD. But it's on Netflix now, so just watch it. It's such a good movie, especially you yeah. lesbos who ain't never seen it. Y'all losing if y'all ain't seen Bound. It was a solid recommendation. And somebody that never gets through movies, <laughs> I watched that whole shit and I was in it. <laughs> right, cause good. And I don't know, I never saw it in the theater. I don't know, I just must not have been plugged in back then because I never saw it in the theater. I didn't never even see it till like, DVD. But, um, yeah, it's a good movie. So, what else? That was, that was Bound. What else did we have on shit we watched list? Uh, we did Love and Hip Hop on it because we did the late show. Yeah, we um, caught up on Love and Hip Hop. We did. Um, we gonna did do... I just watch Sisterhood of Hip Hop? Sisterhood of Hip Hop. You said you didn't watch it, though, right? 
No, I just watched it. Okay, um, so before the show. So what's your opinion? Because last time I was saying what I thought about Sia. So now that you've seen it, what do you think? I mean, I always like Sia. It's the same thing. Um, again, my stance has always been I want her to like cross that barrier, or whatever's holding her back. I mean, you think it's stylistic or whatever? I'm, I think it's more on the management and the executive side. No, yeah. Oh, it's definitely that too. But I, when I say holding her back, yeah, that's definitely the number one issue. But yeah. I'm saying. I, I, I'm as far as her brand, no, I her brand, yes, her brand. Yeah, that's as far that's as what her, it is. Her brand, yeah, and like being a the iconic right figure in the hip hop world, right? Yeah, it's definitely something stylistic about that that's holding her back. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of I don't know. I think Naima's really, really fucking good. I do I too. I, that's what I was telling you. And you see how the girl Diamond be hating on that broad. Talking about some, uh, she, like, um. I mean, you know, Di- Diamond's been in the game for a minute. For so. a hot for a minute. What, she was in that little group, what was it, Crime Mob? I, I ain't even know, never yeah. heard of that chick. I never heard of her. People had to tell me she was in Crime Mob. I ain't heard nothing she did. I ain't never heard of her, whatever. All I know is she don't be doing shit. And Naima stays in the show, stays in the video, stays on the stage. And Diamond be in the back hating. Yeah, I, I really like Naeem. I think Saya and Naeem are my favorite. I don't know how... Is it Bia? Is yeah, that Bia. Name? I don't know how I feel about her. I don't know how I feel about her either, but I have a feeling she's probably going to go further than all of them because of how she looks. It's her you, look, yeah. Because you know how the business But Naima has the look, though. She do, but she ain't the light skin with the, with, the, with the good hair. You know how the business is. You know how the business is. But she's... But she's... But she's... No, I'm saying, but she's brown with the edge and the No, yeah, I like her. I think she's, I agree with you. I think she's actually the best one. But when I was watching it, I just had a feel. I was like, something tells me. Plus, 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 Bia has Pharrell behind her. So out of all of them, she had the biggest, the biggest push behind her. And I was just like, something tells me. And her music's not trash. Don't get me wrong. Like, it ain't trash. But I don't really know. Yeah, like, I don't really know what I feel about that. Like, what is, what is this exactly? <laughs> It ain't groundbreaking to me, though. Yeah, like, I'm like, what is this exactly? But I, I just got a feeling, because she got Pharrell behind her, and again, she got the look, she's tall, she's light-skinned, she's cute. I would not be surprised if she sells. And if you notice, she was the first one that got signed, and she was in the bidding war. She had Pharrell trying to get her, who was a T.I., I think, somebody. It was like she had a bidding war, because the first episode, she was like, damn, I can't get one deal, and you got, like, three niggas fighting over you. So, I just got a feeling she's going to soar past Saya's all of them. But Saya's in a bit of war now, too. Now, but she, now, but Saya was in, but Bia was in it first season. It was not no small niggas. It wasn't like a tank and a T-Pain either. It was Pharrell. I believe it was T.I. And I believe, I can't remember who the third one was, but it was, it was, it was big dudes. It wasn't no, like, I mean, not nothing against T-Pain and, and Tank, but they ain't, you know, they not A-listers. Bia had three A's. Bia did a lot. Would have done better with her than he did with, with Iggy, um, right? Yeah. You. She had three A-listers battling over her last season. Sia just now getting attention this season. So I just got a feeling that she's going to be the one to 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 fly above all of them. I, we'll see though, because I do like Naima. I like all of them, honestly. I mean, I like Bia too. I just don't, you know, I don't really see what it's going to be yet. I mean, I love all of them for what they're doing for the for the hip for hip hop. But um, that diamond chick, she's just funny to me because she stayed. And all these little young bucks, they need to ask me. And I'm like, sis, everybody on the show doing more than what you're doing. Like, what yeah, are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you would be on this show if you was as OG as you thought you. Were. Right, exactly. And even on the show, again, Saya got a deal, or and trying to, you know, now she got T Pain trying to sign her. Bia got a deal. I don't do Naima got a deal. Uh, 
To be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. And I'm gonna say no, but maybe she does. But it's like, yo, of all of them, and, and between the girl with her mom, who's the girl with the mom is the manager? They just moved to LA and they living in um the little tiny apartment. The other one um, with the blonde hair. Um Her name is slipping me. Her mom's name is like Kiki or something. Yeah, that one. Her. Them two the only ones I see. But she signed also. Is it Kiki? Is that her know. name? I don't know what her name is. But she signed also too. So from what I can tell, the only one that's not signed is Diamond. Or is she signed? I don't know if she's still signed. I don't know if she's still signed either. I know them other three is because they had the meeting with the Zex. Um, the other girl signed too. But what 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 was surprised me about that is that other girl, they seem to not understand. Like they met with the music executive and they was like, well, why is our project and I'm moving forward? What's our budget? Like they sounded real like 1999 with it. And I was like, sis, budget? What are you talking about? Ain't no budgets. You sign now. You still got. You got to go out. You got to drop these mixtapes. You got to do these shows. You got to do what all these rappers is doing to get on. Like, what are you talking about budget? Chloe, Chloe Riley. But that's not. Is that her name on the show? Chloe. It ain't Chloe. Isn't that her name? Mm-mm. It's it's something else. But anyway, that that struck me as as I was like, where are these hoes? Or been? Brianna. 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 That's her name, right? Let's see. Sisterhood of Hip Hop. It's Sia, Bia, <laughs> Diamond, Naima, and that shit. Who now Chloe and also uh Who is Chloe? I ain't seen no Chloe. Well this ain't I don't know if I seen I I'm missing an episode of episode of Maybe it's, maybe it's a new character coming on. So let's see. This girl yeah. right here, the one at the top. Spoiler alert. What's her name? So Diamond, what is this chick's name? Brianna is is on there, yeah. Brianna so, is the yeah, one where her mom's the manager, right? I think Kiki so, and Brianna, Kiki. yes, yes, yes. Brianna, okay, yes. So Brianna, her, her and her mom met with two record record execs. Both of them basically told her the same thing, like, "Yo, we not moving with nothing until we get some hot music, something to get behind." And and he was like, "Yo." And they was like, oh, we gave you some great records. He was like, y'all gave me some good records. He was like, well, what's on now? It's like this grimy shit. Eat my booty like groceries. He was like, that's what's on now. Let's see, right? He was like, know what I mean? But it's true. That's the hit. That's what I need. And they was like, well, that, that that's what you want. That's what we got to do to get on. He was like, yeah, basically, that's what that's what's popping right now. And I just was like, I was just, I just didn't understand why they didn't know that. She was like, so you mean we got to like do it on ourselves and make our own music? And she, I'm like, yeah, sis, where you been at? That's the game now. Like, what? I like how you don't know that, like you know, because she was like, "Well, what's the budget? Where are you gonna put us up at?" Dude was looking at them like they was crazy. He was like, "Yo, I'm not spending no money until y'all give me some hot music, something that I could that I could work and I can market." So then, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit confused by again how they didn't understand that at this point. Because I mean, it's my understanding, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm not in the game per se, but I do know that. You, you have to be enough on your own and make people come to you Yeah, to be, you know, to yeah. be worthy of. It's all independent. This ain't the 80s and the 90s where they sign you and they pay for your marketing and they pay for this and they put all this money in you, make you a star. You got to make your own self a star now. And then, you know, they'll distribute your shit and take a cut for doing basically nothing. <laughs> like that's, that's the game now, you know. like. I wonder if it'll ever go back to that. Do you think? 
Um, like people believing in like you know having the dame dashes and the puffs and the. I mean I don't know we'll see things move in circles. I mean the music industry kind of killed itself because when when you know Napster came along they tried to you can't they tried to uh, litigate technology and you can't do that. If they were just early on in the game just made a deal with them dudes hey show us how you do this show us how to do this platform it probably wouldn't have been no issue but you know once you get something for free ain't nobody gonna pay for it no more you can't unshoot the gun bullet from a gun. So, but I mean, we'll see because if you know if you know the history of music, like you look back in the '40s and the '50s when rock and roll and, and shit really took off, that's basically what it was. It was independent artists, the James Browns, the Little Richards, and all that doing their own shit, getting themselves hot, and then you know here come the record label. Okay, we want to do business with you, and that's kind of where it's back out back at now. So. You know, if we can find a way, I mean, I don't know, streaming have probably changed it forever, but if they can find a way to monetize it back to where, you know, the artists can really get paid off of their music, you know, as opposed to, not saying they won't tour, but if they can get back to that where you really can make a lot of money off your off your music, I mean, maybe it won't be in the same form, like it'll probably be maybe a streaming um, thing, but, you know, things move in cycles, so perhaps... I think, in my personal opinion, is it's that plus a lot of it is like trash music. You know, like people, you know, the singles game is because I don't want to buy a whole album with with twelve, you know, twelve cuts and only eight of them, only two of them I like, and the other eight are trash. And that started. That's kind of what's broke it down too, because I know back when I was younger, back in the nineties, that was the big thing where the labels wouldn't sell singles. You had to buy the whole album, so you would go, and this was back when they sold CDs, and you had to go to like Sam Goody or wherever Tower Records, and some of them was outrageous, like. CDs was like $20. You want me to pay $20 for a CD with 12 cuts and only two of them is, I like, the rest of them is trash? So, you know, that kind of, and I think that's kind of still what's going on because you see people sell. J. Cole sold. If you put a good project together that's a good album, people buy it. But if you put out some trash and it's like, oh, only like this single and the rest of this is bullshit, they just going to buy the single. So, you know, again, I'm not, in the, I'm not in the industry insider either, but, I mean, I pay attention and, you know, I feel like a lot of it has to do with artist branding too. Like J. Cole has developed his brand as as both himself as Jermaine and also as J. Cole. So like people are sold onto him as a person. Like right, as an artist. Yeah, as his whole um philanthropy and all that stuff. Like people are buying into that. Yeah. They're like, you know what? We're connecting with this dude. We want to yeah. see this dude win and we want to see him prosper. And I don't think the artist the same way no and that's kind of how it was back in the 80s and 90s that's why a lot of times like um when i see people like you know and don't get me wrong madonna be tripping but a lot of people be going to fuck madonna this and that and i'm like yo you youngins got the got it fucked up y'all don't understand how iconic of an artist madonna was madonna was i mean outside of mike and you know we know who mike was the greatest and all that but as far as like pop stars and like and like the i madonna wrote the blueprint on that shit. Madonna was the first, because she wasn't the greatest singer. She had some good music, but that was mainly the producers. She wasn't the greatest dancer. She was okay. You know, before, back then, white girls, like, back then, white girls dancing to, like, urban music and, like, hip-hop beats like that. It was, nobody was really doing that, so she was very unique. Like, she, all the other white girls, it was very, the 80s was very rock and roll. You had the big hair rock bands, and they just stand there. Madonna was the first one. Oh, who is this white girl with this lucky star with these dope-ass songs doing these little dance moves, right? She was the first one. And, and uh, the Michaels, the Janice, that's why, like, a lot of y'all, y'all be tweeting so recklessly, because, oh, fuck Madonna, Madonna ain't shit, I'm like, bruh, Madonna put the pop music, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, and Whitney Houston, 
put the pop and Mariah Carey, she came along later though, put the pop industry, music industry on their backs and pulled that shit through just through their persona. Like it whacked in. Yeah. It wasn't like now it's more of do you have a hot song? Is your songs hot? Back then it was the person, like you just said, the brand. Like Madonna was it. Madonna was everything. It didn't matter what she did. She showed up kind of like Rihanna is now. Because, I mean, Rihanna got some song, but don't get me wrong. Ain't nobody out here saying Rihanna got the best voice. And we already, <laughs> we already said how she choose, she does the bare minimum in her, in her dance moves. Like, whatever. But her, I hope her brand, she's so iconic as a personality. And she has built, and she's just dragging, you know, it along with her. And, and so that's why when, you know, I give Madonna a lot of room. And don't get me wrong, she be doing a lot of shit. But even when y'all calling her racist and all this, I'm like, yo, if you know anything about the history of Madonna... To call her racist is like you, you just sound kind of silly because no, you know what right. I mean. Like it's not, like nothing in, in in Madonna's past supports that she's a racist. Now, do she come out saying some dumb shit, a lot for attentions and a lot for trolling? Yeah, but it'd probably be high as fuck. Yeah, right. I'm like, yo, to this day, like a prayer is one of the hottest. That shit goes. You put like a prayer on right now, that shit goes. And that video was like so dope. So like a lot of y'all nineties kids, y'all be tweeting. I'm like, yeah, y'all miss y'all miss the decade of the icons and the and the thing that is pop culture. The thing that 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 everybody is trying to get back now, y'all miss that. Y'all missed MTV when MTV played videos and y'all miss Janet Jackson, when Janet Jackson was selling out arena after arena, five, six, seven shows in a row. Y'all miss Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Y'all miss the big icons. We don't really have those icons. I think, like, Rihanna is the closest. Rihanna, Drake, Um, Drake. I mean, I hate to say it. I know, well, I know, I don't hate to say it, but a lot of people be like, Chris, and like, that's what's holding him back. No, no, no. He's not. No. himself back because he has the sex appeal. He's he's really I really don't believe that he's a trash being. Chris ain't never Chris ain't never even before this Chris did not he was on his way. He was on his way. He could have been he could have reached a Justin height or Usher height. You're correct. But Justin and Usher ain't never reached no Michael Jackson height. Or no Madonna height or no Janet Jackson height. You don't you don't think he could have been with the sex appeal and uh Yeah he could have got to the Justin height. Yes, he could have got to the Usher height. Yes, I ain't never looked at Justin like that. I do. I love. He's I mean, cute. Personally, I like Justin more than I like Usher. I think Usher. he's fucking talented. I think he's amazing. Like that last album he put out was fucking dope. Personally, I like Justin more than I like Usher. I think Justin got more hits and better hits, but that's just my opinion. If you want to disagree, I wouldn't argue with you too much. But no, don't. Chris Brown does not get entered into the sentence with Madonna and Janet Jackson and Whitney Houston. No, I'm saying he's not here. I, I didn't say he was there. I said he could have been. I don't think so. I think he, I don't, maybe. I, I don't think so, and that's because we might to never me, know. To me, and this is my opinion, he was always pulling from Michael Jackson. And to me, that's why when people are like, you can't surpass, to my opinion, you have to be doing something unique. Madonna did something unique. So now you got Miley and all these pop girls, they're trying to reach Madonna's status. But until you do something different than what Madonna did, you don't surpass her to me. Same thing with Mariah Carey. Yeah, same thing with Mariah Carey. They try, oh, Ariana Grande is the next Mariah Carey. Ariana Grande got to have 20 more hits. 
20 more years of solid hits and solid classics before she ever even be mentioned in the same sentence as Mariah Carey, let alone surpass her. So to me, and this is, again, my opinion, some people could disagree, but to me to say, when people put, um, oh, Chris Brown was, has transcended Michael, and what fucking world? What are you yeah. even talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? Because yeah, he can dance just like Mike? Because he can imitate Mike perfectly? How does you imitating me perfectly put you above me? Nigga, do something that I haven't done spectacularly, and then maybe we can talk. What the fuck is you talking about? How you gonna be better than me and all you're doing is emulating me perfectly? And don't get me wrong, if you credit for that. Uh, you know, I've said before, Chris Brown is extremely talented. No doubt. But come on, man. First of all, Chris can't even, you can't even name 10 hits that Chris Brown has had that's anywhere near anything that Michael Jackson has ever done. Are you kidding me? What? Excuse me, miss? These whole yeah, things loyal? You have the, the cult following. That bullshit? Like, that, that ain't even good music. Like, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? You that's sound well, that first album was fucking legendary. Okay. Y'all yeah. right. Okay. And? <laughs> I will never not. I still play that shit. And? Um, like, but yeah, anyway, I was just saying, like, we, no, I don't, I don't think people as a whole, the artists, we don't reach them or we, we're not able to connect to them. Because it's, because it's hard. Everybody ain't a star. That's the other thing. Yeah, you might got a hit record, and yeah, you might can rock a crowd. That don't make it take. Listen, you know, it's a lot of artists that get all the same push behind them, all the same marketing. But at some point, the real like Rihanna is a superstar. When Rihanna walks into the room, all the air is sucked out. All eyes on her. Rihanna's here, and she ain't. You know what I mean? Beyonce, same thing. All the air sucked up. That's, that's, everybody is not that. Yeah, you might have a great voice. You know how many people say, well, that's, I'm about to say some dumb shit, but there's a lot of, I was going to say how many people sing better than Whitney Houston, but no, Whitney Houston is a unique voice. But there's a lot of great singers. Kim Burrell is a great singer. There's a lot of great voices out there, but it's a reason why Whitney Houston was the one. Because she was the star. She had that aura about her to just like, everybody is drawn to you. It's, it's, and that's not, that's something that is God gives you, right? You can't you, right. you can't duplicate that. So yeah, you could be a you can have a good career, but there's only so many superstars. Mariah Carey, all of those. It's just something about them. Jay Z, they have this charisma. Biggie, they have this charisma that pulls you in. And I think a lot of people forget that, and they think they think that all you got to do is throw anybody through the machine. Nowadays is what I'm saying. They think that all you got to do is throw somebody through this machine, throw this formula together. A B C D equals F. You know, and I'm saying, and I'm like, no, you, everybody is not, you can't do, everybody's not a star. Yeah, you might, you get some, you go on the road, you can do some shows, you know, 2 chains. 2 chains is a hot artist. That nigga got some dope ass songs, but he ain't no Drake. Drake is a star. Drake walks in the room. Drake's a star. He goes on that stage because Drake don't be up there, but nothing but what? Some jeans and a t-shirt. That nigga be mad basic. He don't be having no... You and know, I love that about him because he's maintained that image the entire yeah, time. He don't be having all the chains like, and shit no. on. He don't be having all the watches. That nigga just be up there in jeans and a t-shirt and a jacket and be killing it because he's a star. He has that whatever that star quality is that, that only certain people have that other people don't. He has it. Nas. Nas ain't got ain't got but a few hit. Nas done put out a whole bunch of garbage albums. He really only got that one classic album. He done put out a whole lot of garbage, right? But when Nas steps in the room, niggas, Nas. It's Nas. And that nigga be on stage. And that's Nasir Jones on stage. He's a fucking star. It's all these other rappers that cannot do that. And so that's another thing I feel like the industry goes wrong with. They feel like all you got to have is the right formula. You can push. It's a reason why Rihanna is Rihanna. 
They, that, they, like, they try to build and create something, like, that's not there. Like, if you, Drake said it, Aubrey said it, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. If the you ain't got it, you ain't got it. There's something, you cannot, order, you cannot manufacture that quality that is, like, God-given. Whatever that is that Beyonce has, that when she steps on that stage, and her eyes kind of glaze over, and you see that she goes into that, whatever that, that place she goes into and, and, and gives you all that, you, that's, you can't manufacture that. You can't manufacture that. When Michael Jackson popped up off that stage and stood on that stage stone still for like 15 fucking minutes and niggas was losing their minds and passing out and he wasn't doing shit but standing still, you can't manufacture that, bro. That, that, that's just something that is like God-given. I, I, I specifically Drake. Like, if you've ever noticed, like, Drake goes through these moments where, like, you see him in pictures and stuff, and, like, you just see it in his eyes. Like, he's he's there, but he's not there. Like, that nigga's so far gone, somewhere in the sky, like, they all have his that. takeover. You know who you really see that? You know who you can really see that on? Who it happens? Prince. Because offstage, Prince is super quiet. He's super diminutive. But that nigga gets on the stage, and it's like he flips a switch. And that motherfucker just, just goes. You can really see it on him. Um... You kind of see it on Beyonce, too, because, you know, as somebody said I was throwing shots at Beyonce, I don't feel like I throw shots at Beyonce. I feel like everything I say about Beyonce is 100% facts. I don't hate her. I give her her credit for talent and all, but she... she you, throw, you throw some shots at her. What shots I throw? What's the shot? You throw some shots at her. I think I just be telling the I truth. Think, I, you just hard, you hard on that girl. How am I hard on her? I say that she's boring and that she she her interviews are not charismatic to me. Like when she speaks on stage, she's extremely charismatic. She's a superstar on stage, but outside of that, she's just not she doesn't draw me in because I feel like she's not being real. She has this facade up. And if she would drop that facade, she probably could pull me in. Because a few times that she has done it, like in the 7-Eleven video, where she dropped that facade and you saw who she really was and her personality. She looked like a cool chick to hang out with. She pulled me in. But then it's like she catches herself. So, I mean, if that's throwing the shot, then I guess I throw shots. But I just... I mean, I can't, I'm not, I can't recall tweets verbatim. I don't think you've, you've thrown any... Um... I be joking. I be. I do make jokes. Like I like this. Oh my god! Was oh, who tweeted the picture <laughs> where it was Beyonce and Rihanna standing next to each other? And they had scribbled over Beyonce's face <laughs> like that little petty shit you do when you. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I like it's jokes. I be joking. I be. I just think it's funny because you know the the stands. Beyonce has so many stands, and oh my god, you could never. And I'm just like, listen. I'm not taking none away from Beyonce, but low key. Rihanna is unparalleled. You cannot really, it ain't, you can't really, nothing you can say about Rihanna, you know, because the whole point is she's not the greatest singer, she's not the greatest dancer, but that bitch comes in, steps onto the the stage or the floor or the room, and the world stops. Because that bitch bitch has it. So, then, so that's, that's the only thing, like, and I'm, I'm like, yo, man, because, Y'all, I, I'm not taking nothing away from Beyonce, but to me, if you had, if I had a choice between Beyonce and Janet Jackson, give me Janet Jackson. That's just me. Give me Janet I Jackson. I don't know because I'm, I come from more of a Beyonce era. Than yeah, I so Janet you didn't Jackson. see Beyonce. You ain't see peak Janet at her concerts. You ain't see peak Janet. You see yeah. peak Janet, and you see peak Beyonce. And again, I'm not taking nothing away from Beyonce. Beyonce is a great performer. With, uh, I just think Jen. she's more closeted about her. Who Janet? Janet's a Jackson. No, no, B, 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 oh. B. Janet is out there. Oh, um. So you know, that's so. That's my whole thing. I, I just 
I, y'all get on my nerves when y'all act like that. Beyonce is like this bla- trailblazer and is doing something that nobody else has done. When she's an icon, I give it to her, but she's like, she, she ain't, she ain't uh, Janet, Madonna, Whitney, Mike. If, if Beyonce does what she's doing, what she has been doing, because she's been in the game like, what, 10, 15 years now? If she does what she's been doing another 20 years at the level she's been doing it, at the level of awesomeness she's been doing it, if she gets more hits out, because I liked the, I liked the last album she put out, but a lot of people didn't like it. I liked that whole album. That's a whole album, and I didn't have to skip no songs, and that's the first time a Beyonce album came out, and a lot of people didn't like it. I like that album, so I give her all the praise for that, how she dropped it and the album. I think it's a dope album. I think all the videos were dope. I like it. But again, if you're going to be throwing her up there as the greatest of all time and, and comparing her to people like Mike and Whitney, she got to go another, like, 20 years before she can even get th- get get on that level. Like, that's just a fact. Like, you ain't got to like it, but that's just a fact. These people have 30. Janet just dropped. Janet, 50-something years old, just dropped another single out the blue. Like, boom, and that shit was dope as fuck. And she been gone for how many years? So, you know, she might about to start another decade run for all we know. So, you Is she know. going on tour? Yeah, she going on tour, and so you know that's all I'm saying. So if y'all think I'm throwing shots, look, I'm I'm not I'm not the hugest Beyonce fan, but I recognize her talent. I recognize, and the girl gets on stage and does the damn thing. But y'all just be y'all just be y'all '90s babies who didn't witness peak Mike, who didn't witness peak Madonna, who didn't witness peak Janet, who didn't witness peak Whitney. No. I don't think she's at. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't put her at. Michael Jackson stand. No, I don't think anyone's at not. that level of like um of the only person iconic-ness. that you can even put on a Michael Jackson level and, 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 and would be the first person to tell you has not reached, but the only person you can even mention as perhaps being on that echelon is Janet Jackson. It's the only one. And she would never say that. That's what I'm saying. And she'll she would never say that. But that's the only one who reached that level of my God that Michael had was Janet. Mike came on the stage, they went crazy. Janet came on the stage, they went crazy. When Mike and Janet came on the stage together, niggas just like pass out. Like, oh, just, like it was both of them niggas on the stage, shit. Like, scream, nigga. If you didn't witness it, you don't understand. You just ain't gonna understand. But it, it ain't no, ain't nobody that's out now reach that. At all. I know y'all be ass for Beyonce. I see y'all, but I don't be seeing no grown men passing the fuck out on Beyonce. I don't see it. If maybe y'all can send me some some YouTube videos, but I ain't seen it. Michael Jackson had grown ass men falling out. Janet Jackson had grown ass men falling out. Madonna, she white, so you know she she had twice of what everybody else gonna have anyway because she white and she gonna get that you know that extra push. So that's I all. Who the next icons will be? That's all I'm saying. So, they, right you ain't Drake and uh, Drake and Jay Z. Drake, Drake, Drake is Drake is Jay is another person. I don't think would ever admit he would. No, I, you, I ain't up there with them. Those guys. No, he wouldn't say it. But I'm saying I, to me, that's a different category. The rap niggas is a different category. But yeah, yeah. Jay is definitely a person because Jay is another one. His performance has improved because Jay's performances used to be horrible. His performance has improved, but again. He don't be doing much of nothing. That nigga be standing there. He take a step. He wave his hand. But he's just, he, you're just transfixed. He got you. Like, it's yo. the energy, yeah. Yeah. So he's another one, you know? Like, so, and and, and my whole point of this is that everybody does not have that. that. That star, everybody's not a star. You may be talented, 
you may have a few hits, but you don't, everybody does not have that, that star quality that when they walk in the room, all the air is sucked out and all eyes are on them. And everybody right. and what, people, what people don't understand is this, these people have had that quality forever. Yeah, like from, forever. From the, from the time they, they were little. born and they were thrust into society, they commanded that respect, they commanded that attention effortlessly. Yeah, like it's, it's just, God-given. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's not something you can manufacture, something you have you don't. One of my, y'all say I hate Beyonce, but one of my favorite things Beyonce ever did is when she dropped that bow down and she had that artwork with her when she was little with all them trophies. I was like, yeah, B, let them know. Bitch, don't okay. get it fucked up. I do this. You see these motherfucking trophies? This one I got when I was five. That one I got when I was 12. That one I got a nine and a half. Like, bitch, you don't do this shit like I do this shit. I don't care, but you get, like, don't get it fucked up. I thought that was dope. I was like, yeah, B, let them know. Because these, like, yo, yeah, we might get mentioned in the same circles, and they might joke on Twitter, but don't ever get it fucked up, bitch. You ain't never going to be any on any stage that I've ever been on at the level that I've been on it. And I just thought that was so dope when she did that. Like, I was like, yeah, B, talk your shit. Like, wait a minute. Don't get it fucked up. Yeah. After after she had the baby, I think she's been less, uh, what's the word you use? Manufactured and um, more more open. Yeah. A little bit. She still, she still be faking fun. But, um, yeah, so, anyway. But, um, yeah, my, the nigga Drake, that's like my spirit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a doc Drake. Drake is going, like, that's my male alter ego right there. Look, you know, I, I know I'm a lesbian and everything, but Drake, if you asked me, I would be ready. Oh, God. <laughs> I did not. I thought you were going to say something else. What you I was gonna say? Oh, not that. <laughs> He'd probably take you up on that, too. Like, word? Oh. I'm just saying, yo, we could be, the, we could be besties, and you, I would just be there for the pictures, and we would take nice pictures. Oh, and... Man. Have little amazing children, and <laughs> I don't want fucking Drake. I just want to give you a pound and just let you know that I admire what you do because you be out here taking these bitches down, the baddest bitches down. Your raps is hot. You don't be worrying about none of these other cats. You know you the shit. Like yo, y'all niggas to get on the radio and say whatever the fuck you want. We gonna see, nigga. Run up when you see me, nigga. We gonna see. I'll I, I be feeling you on that, nigga. You be talking your shit. And it took me a while to come around to you, because for a minute you was, you, you know, you was trying to do a little too much. But, um, you, you Ain't nobody back. gonna touch him. He linked up with the game now, and don't nobody, don't nobody question the game. Now, the game is, now the game is handsome. I ain't gonna say I'm fucking them. I'm not fucking none of these niggas, but if, if, <laughs> if, if, if I had, if somebody was going to, hey, if you take some money, I think the game is handsome. I wish he'd get rid of that old fucking Taliban beard he got and go back to when he had a nice little goatee. But the game is handsome. I like the game. Hey, boo. It's like, and I love, I love him and his kids. Yeah, yeah, he's a good daddy, right? Like, I peep, like, you know, I follow him on Instagram. I follow a lot, because people were shouting out Chris Brown. Look, I ain't judging nobody's parenting, because I don't have no kids, but I disagree. I mean, Chris clearly loves his daughter, and he's doing the best he can, but some of them pictures, look, royalty just look like she just want a juice box and, and a nap. Yeah, and he just be having her just get in the car, just, just, she just be looking around. She got all these chains around her neck. Just like got her in a Ferrari. Look at my baby girl. And I'll be like, Chris, did you, she just want a juice box. Put her in a little swing. Give her a I juice think he's box. he's so excited. He is. It, I mean, he is. He, I, you know, he, he have his little baby on the Instagram. God bless him. But that little girl just be some. She be late to the side like. Uh. <laughs> I, think, I think 
think for once in his life, he has someone there that doesn't judge him, doesn't whatever, and he's just so happy. He be posting the videos, and royalty just be looking like, she don't know where she at. She don't know who. Daddy, daddy. Who is all these niggas? Can I just get the juice box? When he when he did the one with the with when he did Fetty, and she was just looking around, and then the boys was in the back, and she looked like who is this? And she just and she kept reaching for something, and I was like, girl, just get a. She just wants some apple juice. Put the Chris, put the baby down. Just give her some apple juice, and let that baby take a nap. Trying his best. <laughs> like poor royalty. <laughs> he had another one. <laughs> He had her, like, he had the, you know, he got her the little cars, right? So, mm-hmm. he had her, she was standing next to the little car, and he was he was like, yeah, look, my baby about to drive, and then Royalty was just, like, looking around, and then she started wandering off, so he had to, like, go get her, and put her physically in the car, and then I guess he wanted her to drive, and she just was, like, <laughs> not about it at all. I was like, what the, like, Chris, let that baby go, go sit down somewhere, like, oh, my God. Yeah, but him, the game, the game, be, I saw the one, the game posted combing his little girl's hair. And I was like, oh, because he was really combing it. It wasn't like just for the right. sprint. He was like, I got my Miss Jessie's, my shea butter, my olive oil. He, he was like, he really be doing it. Yeah, he was like, it's going to take me two hours to get this girl, girl hair team. Him, big boy, he got, he got, he always be on there with his kids. So it's a couple of little rap daddies on there. I'll be like, look at y'all. Y'all doing a good job. Good for y'all. Yeah. Alright, so is that it for shit we watch? Yeah, I think that's about it. Okay, so we're moving on to how they got me fucked up. Um, you got a T- you got one, you got another TSA one or no? Um, no, I mean, it was just the usual this week, nothing extra. I ain't got one either. Um, the only one I got is, um, so, you know, I get my hair cut every other Saturday. I gotta cut this out. Actually, it didn't go as bad as I thought, but like I told y'all before, like my boy would be mad late. So I don't, you know, I got there around 11, because when I, I figured out 10 is too early, got there 11, shit wasn't open. So it was me and another dude standing outside, and then it was like two other dudes standing. And so, you know, when the bar, my barber finally walked, walked up, and I give it to him, he's really good at noticing. Who's there and in what order, right? He's really good. So he walked up. He saw who was there. It was me and the other dude. So so then as he um, opens the shop, this other cat slid in. And I noticed this cat the other week tried to do this shit too. He tried to do a little slick shit. So when um, Fig was like, you know, getting set up. So he looked at me and the other dude. He was like, which one of y'all was first? Because he didn't know. He rolled up with your stuff too. So I was like, oh, he was here first. Like when I came up, he was already standing here. So then this dude tried to come up. So when Fig get ready to put the, the towel in the chair, he tried to jump up. Like, no, I was here first. And Fig was like, he wasn't here first. Them two was here first. And he was like, oh, oh. He looked, he's like, oh, you was here first? I was like, yeah, dude. Me and him was waiting outside. You just walked up here. Like, you behind all of us. And he tried to do that the other week, too, when I was waiting. He tried to jump in front. He was like, oh, it was me. And then it was dude. And I'm like, nah, son, it's not. It's me, him, him, and then you. It's like, yo, he, like, son, you're not just, I'm, we standing outside the gentleman's clothes. You're not just going to jump in front of us, like, walk up and, and, and like, you was first. Like, like, come on, dude. Like, ain't nobody dumb. He's like, oh, 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 you, you was in front. Yeah, nigga. You seen we was both sitting here when you walked in and you was not here when it was, when it, when dude walked up. So that's how he got me fucked up. Like, nigga, I'm already trying to get here early because I ain't trying to be in here all goddamn day. And I wasn't either. It was, it was good being second. I got out of there by, like. Uh, I want to say one o'clock, which is still long, but not that bad. Right. Yeah, because I wanted to get it 
you know, I let it grow out, but I got to cut down and start over again because. And learn clean, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He always get it clean. So, you know, I keep saying I'm going to cheat on him, but I guess I'm not. I just got to make sure I get there at 11 and just, you know, try to get in as early as possible. So, yeah, I got to go see my guy. Um, he been on vacation. Oh, okay. I'm just like, nigga, you can't be taking all these trips. <laughs> but I'm about to ask him, I'm be like, well, when you ain't here and I need an emergency, can I'm I Can I get a side barber? I need a side barber. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, the OG is cool, so I'm going to just be like, look, it's, it's understood that I'm going to him when you aren't here and it ain't no hard feelings. Right, right. It ain't going to be none of that. Right, right, right. All right, so you ain't got to fucked up. So... I guess I guess that's it. But uh, the, the the takeaway from this is like go see Bound. You ain't got to be gay to watch it. It's a good movie. If you like mob movies, you'll like it. If you if you is a gay, you'll like it. Go see Bound or get. But it's on Netflix, so just watch it on Netflix. Watch Bound. Go see Dope. Go see Dope. Go see Dope. It's such a good movie, and it's my birthday week. So I'm extra hype. Me and Zori yeah. one is birthday twins. My birthday is July fourth, fourth of July. Born on the 4th of July in Philadelphia. I feel like I need to do that Jay-Z intro. Isn't that special? But no. But yeah, this is my turn up week. So, you know, I ain't going to tell y'all how old I'm going to be. But I, I'm going to be older than I than I currently is. And I'm pretty old. But again, I'm young at heart. I stay young. And my face still looks 25. So that's how old I'm going to be. Whatever. So, yeah. So, um, you know. It's going to be a good week. I only got to work till we get the second and the third off. So I'm going to um, fly back here Thursday morning. I'll be back in New York, and I ain't got to fly back out till Monday. So, oh, actually, no, I ain't got to fly back at all because I'm going to be down there with you the week after my birthday from 6 to 11. Right. So I'm being ACL. So right. the next show will be me and Suave together in the same place live and kicking it. So. Well, not the, the next one, right? The next no, one. not the next one. The one after. The next that. one is a special show. The next one's a special show too, but we are we gonna keep that secret. But the one after that, we will be in the same place, hopefully in the studio, and um, kicking it. So we got so summer, summer we we, we gonna be live and we get summer more, going up, man. right? And we get more listeners, and we glad y'all like the show, and um, we like doing it for y'all, and um, you know, tell your friends, <clears throat> excuse me, tell your friends, tweet it around, and you know. We we try to keep. Somebody said you was the more reasonable one, which I, I, don't, I don't understand what that even means. I feel like all my rants and raves are completely reasonable. I don't know what y'all be talking about. Whatever, I'm just the real nigga. That's all. That's all. I don't hold don't hold my 100 against me. That's all I'm saying. We putting these 100s up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I am KMGZ. Kells at sorry. Kells at KMGZ. All right, and I'm suave at Sincerely Suave. And um, thanks for asking. And we going to read the read the. I'm so bad with this. What's the email again? And the, <laughs> the, the email is um, thanks for asking podcast at gmail dot com. Thanks for asking without a G, right? Or is it got a G? No, it has a G. Okay, the, so the Twitter doesn't have a G. the Twitter doesn't have a G, right? So, uh, but y'all been hitting us personally, and until so it's not getting overwhelming. So I guess at some point, if it get overwhelming, we'll be like, "Don't hit me on my shit. Hit me on things for asking." But for right now, it's easier. It's easier just to you know hit us hit us separately uh, on our personal Twitter. So, all right. So y'all be good, and um, see y'all next week. All right, peace, y'all.